What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. This episode is brought to you by The Madhouse. That's our bonus podcast series over at patreon.com slash challenge mania, where every Wednesday, right after Total Madness, we go live and we record a podcast answering your questions that you can write in. And most of the time, we're joined by a guest. Last week, we were joined by the legend Cyrus from Real World Boston for many seasons of the challenge. Cyrus joined us for a very great in-depth conversation that is a very important one for you guys to hear over at patreon.com slash challenge mania but you didn't come for me you came for d so online right now he just got back from canada he's trying to get them to release the snyder cut we'll see what he has for us mr Derek kaczynski what's up dude yeah um it's not because of me but it's out there the snyder cut the snyder cut talking been- about this- do you get that? You get the reference, that, the Snyder Cut reference. Is that a movie? <laughs> no, no, I don't. Do but me, I get it. Do you want I get, me to explain it to you? So, I get the reference. So the movie, the Justice the League, the movie, the Justice League that has Batman, Superman, all that stuff, right? So uh, it came out a few years ago. A lot of people think it was very bad. Um, along the way, the guy who was supposed to have directed the whole thing, Zack Snyder, he had to step away for personal reasons. Joss Whedon came in, kind of finished the movie. And then when, so when the movie was really crappy, everyone kind of blamed it on Joss Whedon and everybody said, release the Snyder cut. Apparently there's some cut out there that Zack Snyder, it was his vision. It's the one he put together, release the Snyder cut. And now it's got so much traction that HBO has pumped $20 million into having him recut the movie, put together the Snyder Cut, and they will be releasing the Snyder Cut next year on HBO Max as this big uh, opportunistic sort of ploy here. We, of course, are talking about the episode of Total Madness last week that ended up being 60 minutes long, that uh, contained no unnecessary shots of Dean Nguyen, any sort of story that she was involved in, certainly none of her confessionals, we'll get to why in a little bit, um, and uh, was replaced in the third act by an episode of Johnny Bananas on Ridiculousness. So... Our friends in Canada, at least for a portion of the day, did get the full 90-minute episode, and that is what I'm referring to as the Snyder Cut. Yeah, I uh, I knew what you were talking about. Didn't need that whole uh, didn't need the whole shebang there, Scott. But yeah, it's been a tough week in the uh, challenge world, and um, you know we're gonna try to you know get down get down get down in the middle of it with uh, someone that's in the middle of it. So, um, it's definitely not about, you didn't come for, <laughs> you didn't come for me. You came for D it's, it's not that kind of episode. Um, you came for B came for B came for B. Um, let's just say right off the bat, we are absolutely ecstatic that our guest today was willing to join us. Um, she's been getting a ton of interview requests and this is obviously a pretty tough time for her with everything going on and how closely tied she's been to a lot of the things in the news, even though it's not de- necessarily um, her. It, you know, there are comments that were made to her that led to D being removed from future challenge seasons and retroactively being removed from this one. Um, but Bailey Dayton is here at Bailey Daily is where you can get her on Twitter. She's got Bailey Daily, the YouTube show. We implore you guys to go and check out the video that her and Swaggy put up uh, last week. That are five ways you can be supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement. Very important video. Lindsay and I watched it. Definitely think you guys should check that out. But, uh, yeah, Bailey Daly, uh, Bailey Dayton, I should say, is here with us for a very candid interview. This is something we had been working on for a while. 
truth be told, Derek had been talking to her for quite some time. We had her lined up for, if not this week, last week, next week. And then all this stuff happened, and we are delighted that she still decided to join us, and we have her here for you guys today. Yeah, we're lucky, man. We're we're really lucky uh, to have, uh, you know, have, have Bailey here talking to us, and um, I'm just – I'm just glad that that everyone's going to be able to get to hear it. Uh, I mentioned in the Madhouse last week we were joined by Cyrus Yarbrough, but he has given me strict instructions. Uh, I forget when it was, but at some point along the way, he asked me to stop saying Yarbrough and just call him Cyrus. He's like, one name, Madonna, Cyrus. That's it. So <laughs> Cyrus is with us in the Madhouse. And look, it's not your typical Madhouse. And it's interesting because it wasn't your typical episode of Total Madness. I mean, they cut out so much of it. It was kind of hard to follow. Uh, we do break down the episode at some point, but we spent a lot of time talking about not not just race in reality TV, uh, but Cyrus's experience growing up in America, uh, growing up and doing a lot of his spending a lot of his 20s and 30s on TV and his experience uh, with that, his experience with the Black Lives Matter movement living out in Los Angeles and uh, had some really important discussions with Cyrus. And I, I think anyone who is a patron who has probably listened to it already, but if you aren't, you should go check it out. Any prospective new patrons, it is one of Probably my favorite episode of the Madhouse or our bonus podcast we've ever done. Uh, we have some great episodes from this season, some great guests we've had, Brad and Kenny, Marie, Kellyanne, you name it. But this one was different and on a different level for a lot of different reasons. So I want you guys to check it out. And if you can't afford being a member of the pod squad, I totally understand. This episode is so important that I, I if you email me, challengemaniapodcast at gmail.com, I will send you this episode to check out. Hopefully it serves as a sample. Maybe you want to join the pod squad at a later date. Maybe you never can. Who cares? I want you guys to hear this episode. So it's going to live over there, but email me, challengemaniapodcast at gmail.com, and we will, uh, I will send you the, the Cyrus episode because that's how important I think it is for people to hear from Cyrus uh, at this time and in general. Yeah, when these uh, new patrons going to get their shout out, Scott? I don't think this is the episode to do it either, to be honest with you. I mean, we went, uh, okay. we went 90 minutes with Bailey. I want to get to this interview and I don't know. I, I feel like I think you guys will all be okay with us saving that for the next guest, whatever that may be. This was a weird week. You know, it really was. I think that obviously the last few weeks, last few months have been weird, of course, because of coronavirus, COVID, everybody, the quarantine, but the last few weeks in particular, um, the murder of George Floyd, the Black Lives Matter movement, and then at the beginning of this week for the reality TV world to start intersecting with the Black Lives Matter movement, not in the best way. Um, a lot of you guys listening to this probably know, but just so you know what we do talk about towards the trail end of this interview, uh, our, you know, our one time good friend Dean Nguyen, who's been on this show many times, star of this season, Total Madness, reigning challenge champion, made some very insensitive remarks on social media. We're not going to repeat them. You can Google them. Uh, and very swiftly, very quickly, the challenge and MTV announced they'd be cutting ties with D going forward. And they went ahead and re-edited uh, re last week's episode. So um, the comments that she made, not all of them, but some of them were, were to Bailey, who is our guest today. Um, and uh, she was gracious enough to, to chat about it a little bit with us and um, might be my fault how much we talk about it, but um, we do speak about it with her. So without further ado, I want to get to her. I don't want to do too much plug-in. I don't want to do too many shout-outs. So I hope you patrons understand if you join the pod squad in the last few weeks, next episode, we will give you a proper shout-out. But you know where to find us on social media, at Shot of Jaeger on Twitter, at Derek MTV on all platforms. I'm at Scott of Jaeger on Instagram, at Bailey Daily, and you spell Bailey, B-A-Y-L-E-I-G-H, Daily, at Twitter, and please let her know if you heard her on the podcast. Uh, she's one of the, the best guests I think we've ever had, so let her know if you heard her on Challenge Mania. 
Facebook. You can always get us at facebook.com slash challengemania podcast. And every Wednesday night, we're in the madhouse over at patreon.com slash challengemania. So uh, that's all I got, D. I think we should get to Bailey. Hey, thank you, patrons. We really appreciate you. And if you're a maniac, uh, thank you for listening. All right, here we go. What's up, everybody? So we're about to bring in Bailey for a full-on interview. But before we do that, she happens to be with her lovely friend Swaggy here, who is Derek's son, Little D's favorite cast member right now. And so we're going to surprise Little D real quick with a little cameo, real-life cameo from the man Swaggy himself. Right, D? D did you just say Bailey's friend? Yeah, I caught that too. I caught that too. <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? Um, for, for the record, you guys are you guys are married, right? Yeah. Why, okay, let cool. me ask you this real quick before we move into Lil D. Why? So I watched Big Brother. I saw you guys get engaged. And for some reason, I always hesitate to call you guys married. Why do I not just think of you guys as married? Did you guys like... We never announced it. You never announced it. Okay, so I'm not no. going crazy, right? Because for some reason, no. okay, got it. But you are married. Yeah. You want us to say you're married. You're married, 100%. Married, married, married. For some reason, yeah. I always question it. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to call them married if they're not married. Why do I not? No, think we're definitely married? married. We're like almost two years in. Got it. Wow. Okay. Is this an exclusive? No. <laughs> not anymore. We, we talked about the like. Challenge got it first. Challenge got it first, yeah. All right. Well, well, this is going to be an exclusive. So for the first time ever, we've got Swaggy C on the podcast. And the first time ever, we're going to have Little D on the podcast. There right. we go. You ready for this? All right. Here's for everyone listening out there. This is my son's favorite player. Uh, my, my, my son is about to meet his favorite challenge player. Believe it or not, it's Swaggy C. All right, here you go. I'm giving him the headphones. I'm not going to actually hear what you guys are saying, so this is all you. Little D! Oh, let's go, bro. Act normal. Act normal. Um, Swaggy, you're not going to hear what you guys are saying, so this is all you. Little D! Oh, let's go, bro. Um, Swaggy, you're not going to hear what you guys are saying, so this is all you. Little D! Oh, let's go, bro. Um, Swaggy, you're not going to hear what you guys are saying, so this is all you. Little D! Oh, let's go, bro. Um, you know, I really, you know, idolized him and, and loved him, one of my favorite players. So I grew my hair out and called myself Swaggy C and just kept it for years. Nick Young? Yeah, Nick Young. Exactly. Exactly. He knows. He knows already. Yeah. Nah, for Are sure. Are you trying nah, to steal your dad's you. job interviewing challengers? <laughs> right. He, he, Is that what you're doing? he got out the gate the Nick Young. Nah, I appreciate me being your favorite player. Like, I don't. First Ask of, him why. I yeah, I, I want to know why I'm your favorite player. We watched you on Big Brother. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so I don't know if your dad has watched me on Big Brother, but you got to let him know. Me on Big Brother and me on the challenge are two different people. And I don't think people on the challenge know exactly how crazy I was on Big Brother versus how calm I am on, on the challenge. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, but, no, nah, I definitely, like, right? Yeah. I definitely appreciate, um, you know, me being your favorite player. I'm going to let, you know, your dad and be able to get back to the interview. But Look at, you know, look at his clothes. Look at his clothes, D. Is that your clothing line? Oh, man. oh, yeah, so I got to send him a shirt, too. Yeah, that's a couple a of these. Shirt. He, that, that's the type of stuff that he likes. I got I got to send him a couple of them. Like I said, when, when right? I, if I come yeah, on next am I week. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah if, I, if I come on next week um, and I talk to him some more, you got to give me your address or a P.O. box or something so I can send him a couple shirts. Tom, we'll send him some stuff, too. Yeah. Love right, it. For sure. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Thank you. It was nice to meet you. Not for sure, bro. I'll definitely holler at you next week, bro. 
Okay. And tell them good luck. Thing. Good good luck on this challenge. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna need luck next week. <laughs> Derek, you are officially right. replaced, my friend. That was pretty damn good. Um, all right, so we're gonna say goodbye to Lil D. We're gonna say goodbye to Swaggy because, as I mentioned, it's all about Bailey Dayton today, who went to yeah. Baylor, which is very confusing, by the way. Oh. Have you ever thought about how your name is Bailey Dayton and you went to Baylor? Oh. Like it's kind of a tongue twister. I was Bailey the Baylor Bear. That's what people called me in college. Say so. that five times fast. I dare you, kids. Bailey the Baylor Bear. 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 Okay, now everyone else can try because. There we go. So, Bailey, thank you so much for joining us this week. I know it's been a, a tumultuous week for you. I'm sure you're being approached Ooh. left and right. Uh, Swaggy as well. We can't wait to talk to Swaggy next week um, or whenever he does have the time for us. I know you guys are in a little bit of, in the middle of a vacation, but we wanted to talk to you guys separately. I feel like you guys yeah. have done so much press lately together. You do so much together on Instagram and YouTube and this and that, which everyone loves, and you guys are absolutely adorable. But in podcast form in particular, audio only, you already got two of us boneheads on here with you we wanted to get the solo <laughs> act and i know he's sitting yeah. next to you i know he can fill in a couple of the gaps and stuff but we would love to just talk to you about your story start with uh bailey the baylor bear uh how you guys met on big brother and work our way up to the challenge but are you ready yeah. for that do you feel a little bit I'm, i mean not having him I'm on the interview down. with you can you handle it no no we're fine we're very like in that people that have met us we are two very very different individuals it's just funny because we are like polar opposites we get along very well so we complete each other but i have a lot of things to say he has a lot of things to say so we're fine by ourselves yeah um it's uh yeah what was i gonna say about that the baylor bears hold on sorry guys i don't mean to interrupt and and yeah. thanks again to swaggy for doing that and um yo so i watched i'm gonna about to crush your soul scott I'm about to crush okay. your soul <laughs> on on Instagram story today. I yeah. I, I I looked into your story and, uh-huh. and I recognized a girl that was, I believe, crushing UConn uh, yeah. where Scott has been coming, where Scott uh, lit or grew up. Right. Scott, were you a UConn fan? I grew up in Stanford, Connecticut, not too far from where Swaggy's from, actually, in Bridgeport. Yeah. Uh, but I, was. I was I did root for UConn until I went to Syracuse and then I became more of a Syracuse fan. But I still root for UConn if they're not playing Syracuse. But, yes, are you talking about back when Brittany Griner was at Baylor or is this recently? Yeah, yes, back when. Actually, um, Brittany Griner um, and her wife are our closest friends, so I'm actually at her house right now. But I, um, cute story, um, I'm best friends with her wife, and I accidentally introduced them in college. And so now, 10 years later, they're married and have, like, a whole family. So it's cute. Um, but, yeah, those are those are my besties. Someone wrote in a question. We went to our Patreon.com slash Challenge Mania to get questions from the pod squad. And someone asked, I don't have it in front of me, for a Brittany Griner cameo. And I was like, what? that's <laughs> random, just because they went to the same school. And I know, I believe yeah, you were a She's ch- on my story. Wow. Okay, so it makes yeah, sense. So, so, so they know more than I do that's awesome because i mean britney's one of the best college and professional women's basketball players of all time oh yeah and now she plays in phoenix and now they have um i think they have skylar diggins now like they have diana tarasi and obviously like our year at baylor was like crazy we had rob you know rd3 we had britney we had you know so many people go pro from our year so like all of those you know guys girls you know we all kind of grew up together because i worked in athletics so these are my peeps 
<laughs> but wow, yeah, I love it. that's yeah. really cool. Wow. That was a that. I mean, you mentioned RG three, who couldn't have been yeah. bigger than like he was the biggest thing. It's harder. It, like the NFL is such a cruel league in that like you can go from being the biggest thing in the NFL to like we forgot about you in five years. Oh, but absolutely. but so like to anyone under twenty, they might not remember. But he was the biggest deal in football around that time in from college, college yeah. into the first three years he played in the NFL. So and then of course, as you mentioned, the women's basketball too. Yeah, incredible. Back, back to my point. Yeah, back to my point. Back to my point. Okay. <laughs> Brittany Griner was out there crushing UConn's empire. Yeah. Am I am I right? Was that not the end of UConn women's basketball? Was well, Brit- honestly coming up against Brittany, no no one. Like that was the year, you know, Baylor, we won so many championships. Yes. There was no, women's basketball wasn't prepared for her ever. So yep. that that was the definitely the end of reign of UConn, Syracuse, all of the schools for that, you know, few years. Dude, she crushed like a 30-year undefeated empire at UConn, dude. That's yeah. what she did. Scott. Yeah. Well, she's one of – I mean, <laughs> she might be the single most physically imposing women's basketball player we've ever had, right? I mean, that I mean that yeah. is probably a distinction. It's not hyperbole. I remember watching her in college and thinking – and I mean, I mean, you could say it's about a lot of women, but specifically with Brittany, I was like, she could probably take most of the NBA. I really do oh, think yeah. so. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember in college we used to do scrimmage, you know, during um, you know, just regular basketball hours and she would just be scrimmaging with the guys. Like they would like, you know, half the guys were shorter than she was cuz she's 6'8". So, yeah, she's she's nothing to play with. Very cool. So you're staying at their house right now as we talk to you. So this makes <laughs> yeah, perfect sense. Yeah. I thought it's so funny. Someone wrote in that question and I was like, is this the type of person who when they you, you ever get that weird thing where somebody finds out where you went to college and they're like, "Oh, you might know my cousin Michelle." And you're like, "Well, yes. it's, it's, and then you know, you're like there's so many people on campus. I don't know any of them. I didn't know yes. if they were just trying to like make a Baylor reference or they knew, but so, okay, this makes perfect sense. Carrie, it was Carrie Dunham Lagree. Uh, Lagree, thank you for the Brittany Griner reference there. You know way more about <laughs> Bailey's life than I do. Um, there we go. So let's talk about, so post Baylor, but pre challenge, you make a little bit yes. of a stop in the Big Brother house, which thankfully you did because that's where you met your now husband. Uh, and we'll get yes. to that whole thing. I watched your season of Big Brother. Derek watched your season of Big Brother. He correctly predicted that Swaggy would one day be on the challenge. Uh, I think someone dug up that tweet when when Swaggy was evicted, I think six hours after the season started. Just kidding. Um, When he was evicted, uh, Derek tweeted, I think this is our next challenge. What did you, what was the word you used? Victim or something like that. Uh, He's on the challenges hit list. Hit list, right. And I was like, you know what? At the time, I thought, and wrongfully so, that who the challenge went for or vice versa would be tied to how long you lasted in the house. And like, we've had, you know, we've had winners make the transition. We've had Josh, we've had uh, Casey, but no, I mean, they, they go and they grab swaggy. They go and they grab you. They go and they grab Polly. They go and they grab Jose. It's not necessarily just, we want the people who won big brother because it's no. as, as much about your personalities as it is your success on that show. And there really there isn't that much of a crossover between the two shows when it comes to skill sets. So talk about what got you on big brother. Were you a fan of the show? Were you a recruit? If you will, how did that come about? Yeah, so um, I like to call it divine intervention. I had never seen Big Brother in my life. Um, so I was fresh off the Miss USA stage because I did um, pageants for a little bit of my life. And then they recruited me and actually wanted me to go on Survivor. They're like, hey, we really want a, you know, a 
a beautiful black girl to go on Survivor. Can you come? And I said, no, because I'm not getting in the dirt for anybody. And then they were like, okay, well, we have another show. Would you consider Big Brother? And then I was like, I've never seen it. They maybe watch a few seasons. I saw it. I thought it was cute. So I was like, okay, I'll go. And then, you know, lo and behold, I met my husband. My whole entire life changed. And now I'm on the challenge. So I'm happy that I went. But it was totally random. And I felt like it was just like God wanted to shift me in a different direction in life. And I was down. Hold on, hold on. That's 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 so fast. Like my casting yeah. story is like, hold on. It was like <laughs> it was probably like six months long. Uh, I had you, know, you do like a a different a separate interview every month with somebody else and some other. You know what's city. crazy, Derek? They actually like I'm telling you, and I felt so bad about it at when you know once I got in the house. But so they hit me up. I turned them down. I called them in April, and I was like, Hey, you know, I've I've been thinking about it. I'm open to doing Big Brother if you guys are still casting because I had told them no. I'm like, No, I'm I'm good on reality TV. I was doing my modeling stuff. You know, it doesn't really correlate. So then they're like, Well, I mean, what are you doing this weekend? And I was like, Um nothing and they're like can you get out to LA so they flew me to LA for finals I skipped pre you know the pre whatever it is before you go to finals um like semi-finals they flew me out and I was there for seven days and I was like when can I go home I did not know they were eliminating people every day while we were there I was just chilling and then at the end of it they're like yeah so you made top 25 and I was like what <laughs> like, I didn't even know I was like what I like, didn't even sign up for this where you did know? they so find then, you again was it your social media or um yeah from Miss USA so um they hit me up on Facebook and Instagram because one of my Miss USA sisters was on Survivor the year before me and they were like, Hey, we were talking through a friends list and we Desi. Desi. Um, Yeah. So they were like, We're looking through a friends list and you know, we've come came across your profile. Can you please come on a show? So I was like, sure. Yeah, that's the difference, D. Back when you did Road Rules, it was hundreds of thousands of people competing to be on the show, whereas these shows, what they do is they go and cherry pick people from social media to be on their show. And sure, some people... Yeah, they do about half recruits, half people that they audition. Now, I know we can save it for the most part for his interview, but just really quick, one sentence answer. Was Swaggy a recruit as well? His story similar to yours or different? No, Swaggy actually audition taped and his audition tape fucking fire if you ever want to look it up on youtube he um he's a very like strategic player in every game which you'll find out you know soon but he just studied the people that have been on the show he knew what they were looking for made an audition tape got picked first round and he's on the show that's beautiful that you guys as a unit are kind of both sides of the spectrum there. Like, you know, he tried yeah. to get on the show as his mission. You was the opposite. I always say that sometimes the best <laughs> thing you can do in casting is sort of like whether you're pretending or you're serious, tell them you don't want to do the show. That'll get you probably past 10 rounds. <laughs> you know, the people who like, I'll do anything to be on the show. You don't even have to pay me. Like, they're like ah, maybe we don't need them. The people who yeah. are like, ah, I'm busy. Ah, go to round 10. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. And the crazy part, none of it was a lie. Like, I think I'm telling you, like me and Swaggy will both tell you we both had trash, you know, exes before we got on the show. And we both were like, this is our year to be single. We're doing our thing. And then we meet each other and we're like, oh, crap. So it's like everything works out, you know, in its own timing. And it, it just ended up being good for us. And, and look, I want to talk, I want to know about all the secrets behind how yeah. all that yes. ended up happening. But first, I, I need to know. Is how does this? How did the Miss? How long have you been doing like the Miss USA? Um, and like you know, <laughs> and, and also wasn't am I wrong, Scott? Didn't Jen Jen uh, Lee. Uh, Liz? Yeah, Jen Lee. She's um, a pageant girl, but she didn't make it to the USA system. She was over on the yeah, other side, so yeah, she didn't do Miss USA. But she's she's definitely a pageant girl. 
What what yeah, side would she? You say the other side, like Miss so Universe. There's or? like diff, There's so many different pageant systems. So there's like Miss America. There's Miss USA. There's Miss you know you know model searches. Like there's that kind of stuff. So she's more on the modeling side. She might have like done a Miss USA like pageant, but she didn't win her state title to go to Miss USA. Got so she it. was on like a different side of the pageant pageant. Because I thought she had one. She was like representing uh, South Korea. In some sort yes. Of okay. So then, but even that, even if she did South Korea, that would be, um, they would go to Miss World and they wouldn't go to Miss USA. You got know what I'm saying? Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that would make sense. But if she was doing like where she represented a country, she would go to the national, you know, uh, what the international pageant, not just the Miss USA. How, what, what age were you when you started doing this? So this is another thing. I'm swear to God, like the things in my life are so random. Never did a pageant ever in my life. When I was 19, somebody was like, Hey, you should try it. I tried it. Um, they ended up liking me. And then I realized that they had never had a black Miss Missouri. So I was like, fuck it. I'll go back one. And I'm the only black Miss Missouri there ever is in history. So that was 19. And then I won at 23. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. I, I mean, I like it. I never did patent. I wasn't really like a girly girl. Um, I played basketball, ran track, and played volleyball in high school. And then um, one, you know, day somebody was like, hey, you should model. So I tried it. And then Danny, um, actually, Danny was on Survivor. She was a winner. Um, which, what is, I don't even know what Danny's last name is. Danny Boatwright? Yeah, there we go. Danny Boatwright. Yep. Danny Boatwright actually started modeling with me in, in Kansas City. And she was like, hey, like you definitely need to do a pageant. And so I did one and I ended up winning. So it just like all happened to fall together. And like Danny's my girl. She always has been. So Wow. Well, hopefully you have a wow. challenge win in your future, but you wouldn't be the first pageant girl turned challenge champion because Tori Hall, not Tori Deal. I don't know if you're familiar with Tori Hall slash Fiorenza is a former pageant winner, I believe, D, right? Mm. She, I forget what level she got to, but she won a couple uh, challenges. So there is a history of, fire. Um, that, of the that crossover. That makes me happy. I like that. Yeah, because, you know, people think pageant girls are like, I don't know, prissy and don't do anything. But, like, those are some of the, like, hardest working, you know, women I know. They train like beasts in order to get on a stage in your swimsuit in front of the whole world. Like, you got to do some training. So I really, I like that. And and and, and another little fun fact, uh, just to kind of get her caught up on, our, our little challenge history. So Brad and to Brad and Tori were married for a, a very long time. And I've always been skeptical wow. about, about, you know, people that meet on reality TV. And I have to say, <laughs> and I have to say the way you and Swag, you and Swag are doing it are, really are couples goals. They, you Thank guys, are, you. You, like you guys are, you know, I, I, I feel good about you guys, um, in the future <laughs> and, and and it's like it's hard for me to to say that because for so long I've been so like against it. I'm like, this is not really well. It depends, you know. The Big Brother ratio. You already know Derek is crazy. Like we have Rachel and Brendan that are really close friends with us. Oh. They're pregnant with baby number two. Justin okay. Cody pregnant with baby number two. Jordan and um, wait, which who's Jordan married to? Jeff, Jeff and Jordan are still married. Danielle and her boo are still married. Like we have so many big brother marriages that are just uh -huh. fine. So I feel like we at least met on the, same, the right show. You know, yeah. if we wanted to give ourselves a chance, we met yes. on the right show. Yeah. See, so my, my observation comes from the challenge community. So, yeah. you know, so when I say reality TV, I'm, I could be 
it's completely stupid. It well, the challenge sense. is a different kind of show. That, and that's another thing. So we talked about that. The challenge is a beast. So it was funny because Big Brother is like frilly rainbows, freaking butterflies compared to the challenge as far as like experience um, and just gameplay and people's energy. So getting on the challenge, if me and Swaggy would have met on the challenge, it might not have been the same thing because it's more cutthroat. Big Brother is like you can sit around and have emotional conversations for hours and nobody's going to target you. Big uh, On the challenge, if you even feel like you're getting close to somebody, they're like, oh, they're weak. Like, you know, it's just different. Yeah, is that what it is? Because it's funny. You do see a lot. It's almost every season on Big Brother. You see the Mm -hmm. couples pair off almost (laughs) instantly. Some of them go on to be showmances, and then by the time they hit the jury house, they're already broken up or they're shuffling and switching switching people. And then sometimes you have it where they go all the way to the end, and it's what's going to happen. Like we just saw with Tyler and Angela on your season. We saw it last season with uh, Jackson and Holly. Even with that, Tyler and Angela didn't start off together. Tyler and Caitlin had a thing, and then Haley and Tyler had a thing, and Angela and Tyler had a thing at the very end, but I think it depends on who, you know, you kind of like the attitude towards it. Like Caitlin didn't want anything serious. Neither did Haley. Angela and Tyler actually had the same intentions and they lined up together. So I think their relationship now is for the long haul. And I don't think they're ever separating, but it just depends on where you are, you know, in your life and in the game. So there's so many, like, you know, even Nicole, Nicole was with two other guys on the show before she decided to actually marry Victor and he was on the challenge as well. So it just, just depends. Like it's like not every big brother relationship is perfect, but the ones who really go through that experience together, like Tyler and Angela and Swaggy and myself, you get a bond that's like unbreakable and you don't, you know, you, you don't really want to let go of it. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. It's weird though that so many of them do work out because I always like to, I always like to reference this line from the great movie Speed with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock that says that relationships that are formed on, uh, based on extreme circumstances very rarely work out, which is like when yeah. you're done being on a bus that can't go less than 50 miles an hour and you've already saved the city and you go back to regular life and you just have to get coffee, probably not as fun, right? So the same thing, yes. like when you guys go back to the real world and you have your other <laughs> friends, your other problems, you live in different states and stuff why does it work out so often all things considered you know what what and i'll say this just point blank because i know that it's true there was no going back to our regular world we completely created a new one and i can say the same thing about tyler and angela completely created a new one where swaggy left you know his hometown me and i left my hometown our life is so totally different i'm not a flight attendant anymore he doesn't you know do what he used to do we've created a new reality so i think that's it we were willing to sacrifice our past because who cares this is a better you know reality for us but the people who hold on to those things you know they can't really depart as quick so yeah i think it sucks, you know, if people can't make it work, but if it's something that's worth it to you, go ahead and, you know, just do it. Do you remember, Derek, when uh, – so there was this great moment after uh, Swaggy had been evicted, but Bailey, you were still in the house. I think that's when this was, <laughs> when he went and saw your family, right? Yeah. And essentially, I, I think yeah. – the. I forget if he officially asked them for permission to propose to you or he was just getting to no, know you then. he didn't even have an idea. Yeah, he didn't even have an idea then. It was like, okay, so obviously, like, real deal, like – 
we're having an interview and it's been years. So I, I'm full disclosure. I'm an open book. Yes. So what happened was is so Swaggy went to go see my family. That was completely unstaged. He just decided that he loved me. And that was great. I was fine with that. My parents were like, okay, we'll meet this kid. We have no idea what he's going to be like. So that was one thing about mm, a week after Swaggy left my family's house in Missouri, he found out I was pregnant. So that was way before he even knew that I was possibly having a baby on the way, um, which actually made it a little bit better in the long run because I knew he was committed before that even happened. And then after we kind of went through that, he decided he wanted to propose to me after I had a miscarriage on the show. So he was just like, I just want her to know that I'm not leaving her. I'm not going anywhere, you know, baby, no baby. I'm just with her. And then that was kind of what solidified our relationship. And that's why, you know, we're kind of joined at the hip the way we are because we've been through traumatic stuff. It wasn't just, you know, reality TV because that was traumatic. Yeah. But we also had like a loss within the process. So it was just like I knew he was the person for me. He knew I was the person for him. And we just made it official. And then Whoa. did they go back and film another meeting with them or was that where they were there for he that meeting? He actually went back and moved in with them because when he went back to uh, Connecticut, there were, you know, quite a few people that weren't as happy for him as he, you know, would have expected. And people were doing weird things. So my mom was like, you know, hey, your family now, come on and move in. And obviously, if you guys seen the episode, you know, we have plenty of room <laughs> in our house. So he got a, a whole little floor to himself and he, you know, just chilled with the fam. Wow. wow. So hold on, can we can we can we go back a little bit and talk and talk? That was so fast. Um, yeah. And talk like timetable. Um, so this yeah. is, by the way, my for uh, this is the, I I I did I believe pop my virginity. <laughs> Pull it together, Derek. Pop my big brother. I popped my big brother virginity on this season, and I was kind of yeah. like watching this, you know. Yeah. And all it was it was really fast in real time too. Um. Yeah, no, and I, nobody really knew what was going on. So, like, you already know I get like tons of pictures of my bloody mouth, like screaming at Tyler, and it's so funny because it's like. I was like so pregnant, so hormonal. Um, I was so angry at Tyler. I had no idea people were even after me that whole entire week. I was literally in the DR taking like pregnancy tests. So it was like, it was just a mess. That, that was a very interesting experience for me. Um, but you know, it is what it is. And I think everything happens for the greater good. So I'm fine, but yeah, it's crazy. So, so all right, let's go back to the timetable. So you guys, you guys get to the house. You guys meet for the first time in the house. Yeah. Right? And then mm -hmm. he get, and then he gets eliminated. What, like two weeks later, three weeks later? Day twenty three. Okay, that's like a, almost a month. So twenty three yeah. days. You guys have known each other. Yeah. And then he gets eliminated. And then, um, how soon are you like? Did you find out you were pregnant? And was that revealed on the show too? No, I didn't say anything about it because obviously yeah. I never got to talk to him. So like the rules don't break for anybody, pregnant or not. So right. it wasn't like I got to call him and say, hey, you know, just so you know, or call my mom or anything. So I didn't want to tell anybody. The staff had to tell him. So I didn't know how he felt, felt about it. So I wasn't just going to blast it on TV. Um, but it was about about a month after he was gone. And I was just like, oh, something's not right. And so I ended up just like literally like like a savage. I peed in Tyler's um <laughs> peanut butter jar and took it to the dr got a pregnancy test and it was positive so 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 then it was like so then you haven't seen him for like what three weeks how soon later are you able to get to see him again no 77 days so next time i saw him was on finale day and he proposed to me on finale because you made the jury right yeah, I made jury. I was first person in jury. So I didn't have a miscarriage until about two weeks into jury. Uh, then after that, 
I had to wait seven more weeks to see him. And then, well, maybe like five, six more weeks to see him. And I saw him on finale night. And that was when he proposed. I seriously was looking across the stage like, are we still together? Do you like me? Are we like, what's, what's going Like, are we good? Uh, I have no idea he was going to uh, propose. It, it, it was, uh, do we like each other anymore? Do we yeah. Like, like I had no idea. I'm like, are uh, we still dating? You know, is this a real relationship or a TV me. one? Yeah. yeah. Wow. 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 You're looking at this. You're looking at your future <laughs> husband. You're like, I don't know what the hell this guy even thinks of me I anymore. couldn't even make eye contact. It was the most embarrassing thing ever. And then for him, like when he started like walking across the stage, I was like, wait, what is this kid doing? Like it was so crazy. See, thank God you were into it. Cause there's an alternate universe <laughs> where you just thought it was a fling. Maybe he leaves, you move on. Maybe you take a shot at Tyler. Here's this weirdo going to live yeah. with your parents. You can't even talk yeah. to him. He shows yeah. up with a ring and you're like, I forgot about you. What's this guy's name again? That yeah. could be, that's, that could be the worst. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure he probably went through all of those scenarios in his head because, but you also have to realize he got to watch live feeds. So he was watching live feeds and making sure that I liked him. Also creepy, by the way, like that's a life's dream to be able to watch a live feed of your crush who can't see you. You can just sit on your couch or your bed with your computer open and your nachos watching the girl of your dreams. Talk to everyone, maybe about you, maybe not. Like that is a stalker's dream, my friend. That's amazing. It's good. No, no, yeah. Just loving you more. Would, yeah. Yeah. The fans would just tag him. So he would like not like, you know, he's been a big brother fan his whole life. So he was just like kind of over it. Obviously, you got you get eliminated. You're feeling a little like, oh, I don't want to watch it. But the fans would tag him and the parts where I would talk about him and he would go and like get to be able to see me, you know, kind of talking and giving him I would give him lectures like, hey, if you have another girlfriend out there, I literally will come and kill her. Like I would literally oh. say these things on the lives. So oh. he knew. wow wow so here he is hold on scott hold on i need to i need to get in 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 his mind hold on and and hopefully we'll get the real conversation with him um you know hopefully sooner than later but uh so he's just like watching you and like just falling in love with you continuously continuing to fall in love with you while you you know continue to somehow communicate with him through these live feeds, which are yeah. not a challenge, by the way. Yeah. Which is really nice because I felt like, okay, at least he can know how I feel. So I would go, like, I think I won HOH and, like, Rachel Swindler came in to congrat- congratulate me. And I was like, get out. I'm trying to talk to Swaggy. <laughs> like, I was, like, talking uh-huh. to the cameras. Yeah. So it's like you, it's weird because, you know, who does that? But it's a, you know, 21st century problem, I guess, you know, so. I mean, wow. That's, yeah. that's amazing. That is yeah. amazing. I don't know if you uh, have spoken about this before or if you feel comfortable talking about it, but um, about the pregnancy and the miscarriage, um, I know, as you mentioned, people didn't really hear about it until after the fact. And you seem like you're, you're talking about it pretty freely now. So I apologize if you've kind of done an interview or two about it already. But for our listeners, was that something that when you found out about it, uh, that you were pregnant, uh, were you given the option to leave? Did you consider leaving? Um, what was sort of the kind of MO there? Cause I think that's not something we just found out that Melissa took part in this last season. Uh, pregnant without knowing it. Um, what happens when you find out? Uh, and how was that handled? Okay. So you mean, okay. So you're saying what was my emotional reaction or you mean like, what was the actual reaction of like everyone? Well, both. I, I'd love to know just like what was going through your head and stuff. And then also just how it was handled, what options you were given, were you considering leaving because of it, how it affected you in the house physically, emotionally, mentally. Let's back up. So I kind of knew in my head before, um, 
And I just was not prepared, you know, for it to actually be true. So when I got the positive, I was like really excited because I'm like, oh, my God, like this is crazy. I can't believe it's happening. And it is kind of like slow motion. You're like, wait, is this actually happening? Are we in a dream? Not only am I on a reality show, did I just like it's just a lot to process. But I was excited about it. Um, and then there wasn't any option. Like, it's crazy because it's like a lot of people make fun of me on, you know, social media and they're like, oh, she probably got an abortion, you know, all that stuff. There wasn't any options like that. <laughs> you know, like you can't, you know, get rid of a, a baby. on Like, that's just not a thing. And they didn't even ask me, like, if I wanted to leave. Like, they were just like, how do you feel? I'm like, I feel great. You know, and they're like, OK, great. And we just kept playing the game. There was no issue with the pregnancy. Um, so I don't know. Like, I think that was fine. And then even after jury. Um, I had doctor's visits, you know, every, you know, week. So they masked me and made sure nobody recognized me and I would go to the hospital and I would, you know, see my doctors. Um, and we just kind of handled it like normal. I had like a built-in mom, um, that wasn't my real mom, but would talk to my mom for me and relay the messages. But it was just kind of like a, I don't know, like a normal thing. And crazy. So even then they wouldn't even make an exception that like you could talk to your family about this one thing. Wow. No, it was really the crazy part is like, it was really hard and really emotionally tough just because the pregnancy, okay, I was excited. It was fine. But when I went through like the miscarriage, that was a painful emotional and physical experience. And I remember just wanting to talk to my mom and they just were like, I'm so sorry. Like we cannot. And what's so the reasoning there? Did they tell you, did they like, I, I get the like, yes, rules need to apply to everyone, but you're already out of the game at that point. Uh, can't they just supervise you, record you, make sure you're not giving jury information, whatever, like, come on. I'm not, yeah, I was like, I'm not really sure, but they, they were like, you know, we are in the middle of a game, so we can't make that exception. And it sucked. I'm not going to lie, but I will say that they took like the best care of me. So I wasn't mad at them. I was just mad at the situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, you know, it's, it's crazy. The the parallels are, 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 you know, you couldn't write it this way. Right. Like, so <laughs> almost in the same, almost in the, in the same year, um, Swaggy Swaggy proposes to Bailey and it's almost the same year as Jordan proposes to Tori yeah. on 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 you know these you know competitive TV shows that you know are now part of the, like the challenge universe. Yeah. Um and then also the other one is obviously you know Melissa out there um you know, oh, just- that story is my favorite. Uh, if you, ooh. <laughs> okay, so I don't. I have to touch on this because I live and like nobody knows this. It's not even you know anything you know revealing. But Melissa and I became closer um, on the show, and there was a point on the show where you know I won't reveal any details, but I just told her I was like, hey, you know, on my last show I kind of had this experience, so I'm not trying to overstep, but this is what I think is happening, <gasps> and it ended wow. up happening the way that we did. Me and Melissa, you know, are great friends. She's talked to me after the show. She called me immediately, and her daughter Vienna actually happened to be born 40 minutes before my birthday, so she her due date was my birthday, and so Vienna was born on the May 24th and not the 25th, and she's like my Gemini twin. Like I'm obsessed with her, and she is just adorable, cute little cute little thing so I was so happy that I was able to be there for Melissa during that process because I remember going through it the way you know it happened to me on my show so I just wanted her to feel you know loved and you know that kind of thing to happen so she did oh but so so you could tell I, when you guys were filming that you thought that she we are women so <laughs> we have a different relationship so from from our interactions I could tell and did you bring it to her attention and did she did like say, nah, you're crazy or no, did she- no, her and I kind of, me and Melissa, like 
have this like weird thing. We kind of looked at each other in the eye and we're like, holy crap. <laughs> and then we just like laughed about it. And, you know, we continued with the show. And then after, you know, we had all gone home from the show, that's when she called and she was like, so girl, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, shut up. And like, that was just kind of our connection. Can, can you give us some like uh, examples of like, I don't know, uh, w- w- is it like more irritable? Like, did you, would you find her like being a lot more no, irritable or no, what no. were the it wasn't personality? It's like, it's like physical traits. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, well, oh. they say that, is it, am I making this up? Uh, tell me if I'm overstepping that there's a term people use that they say women glow when they're pregnant. Yes. Right? And that, that would, I don't want to, you know, make it, it's not anything, you know, gruesome or anything crazy, but she had a glow about her, her, you know, your face is a little bit more full. Me and her were kind of just joking with each other of like, oh my God, like we've gained so much weight, you know, just laughing. But here's the, the difference. She was pregnant and I was just eating everything. So <laughs> it was just like, you know, we just had a good time about it. It wasn't anything, oh. you know, weird. I was envisioning like, I don't know, like random, like, like randomly like throws a glass at Johnny Banana's head uh, type of situation? No. 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 No, I don't know. Melissa, and the crazy part is Melissa's, like, her personality is cutthroat anyway. (laughs) So if she was having differences, nobody would notice because she's a very blunt girl. She says what she wants. She has, you know, that kind of girl power that's aggressive but also really sweet. So we wouldn't have noticed if her attitude changed at all. The Challenge Mania shop is open. Head over to challengemania.shop today for the best way to support the podcast while looking good doing it. New designs and items added every few weeks. Maniacs, time to mobilize. Check out challengemania.shop today. Real quick, I just want a um, couple more questions about Big Brother just because uh, you, you did this cast uh, season 20 where uh, Derek happened to watch the show, which is something that's very rare here. Uh, they happened to pull four of you guys over to do the same rookie season of the yeah. challenge. And when you look at this cast, I'm not going to lie, like I would say – 80% of this cast, I would believe it if you told me, oh, this person's going to do the next season of the challenge. I mean, like, really, besides, say, maybe, like, JC, Sam, and Steve, like, I mean, I, anybody on this cast, if you told me they were doing the next season of the challenge, I would believe you. Um, mm-hmm. Who did you jive with, and who are you still friends with from your season, and uh, who, whether it's because you didn't get along or you just, you know, weren't, weren't the, you know, kind of similar people, have you not really spoken to since you guys filmed? On Big Brother? Yeah. You know what? I think I've had interactions with just about all of them except for JC. Um, JC and I didn't really click on the show, and I haven't really seen him. He lives in LA too, but we haven't our paths haven't crossed. Um, Tyler and I had a little bit of a rocky relationship after the show, but we mended fences. Tyler um, actually is a very very sweet soul. Him and Swaggy have the same birthday. Their personalities are very similar, so um, he doesn't really like that confrontation, and so neither do I. So we kind of squashed everything that we had there, um, and then everybody else we're kind of pretty much still okay with. Um, but it's weird because when you're in a house with people, everybody annoys you. So in real life, it's not as hard to tolerate, you know, the chaos because everybody has their you know kind of freedom to do and live their life. What's their birthday, by the way? Um, 21795. They're babies. Wow, 95. I was born I in know. 85, and I won't tell you what decade Derek was born in, but wow. Jeez. <laughs> but yeah. So, I'm getting so younger. Tyler, 95. Yeah, they were born on the same day, same year. Both of their dads passed away. They have like a very similar story, like great kids. So yeah, they're, they're good. 
Wow. Okay. So I, I want to ask about live feeds, right? Because, yeah. you know, having gone through it, um, having, I, I would say like the weirdest version of blind date ever in that your future husband got to go home and watch you uninterruptedly yeah. on a video feed for several weeks. Um, and then having everything you say scrutinized by the entire country and you not being able to hear how they're reacting. And then you kind of yeah. finally get let out in the middle of September. And I don't know if you go and you read everything or you get a crash course on Reddit or something like that. Or you find out what I said that I shouldn't have said or what moments people kind of got hung up on that I didn't even think was a moment at the time. How weird is that um, to adjust in in the moment? Um, does it take a while to get adjusting to, oh my God, I forgot we're being watched. And then how long does it take to wear off to where now you're back and nobody's watching you? Yeah. Okay. So the crazy part is uh, all of it's overwhelming. So getting out to house in the middle of September and all of a sudden having so many people that know you so weird because I would go, you know, like I'm very like, I don't know, friendly. So people are like, Hey, like nice to meet you. And I'm like, Oh, I'm Bailey. And they're like, trust me. I know I watch you every single day. I'm like, Holy crap. That's so weird. <laughs> um, so that was like odd. The Instagram and Twitter comments weird because everybody has an opinion and so many people are more, more vocal when it's negative, but I had like a great support system that ran my Instagram. Um, so they kind of like blocked and, you know, really erased a lot of the comments before I got to see them. I didn't have a Twitter beforehand. So I made a Twitter, um, probably about six months later, which saved me from a lot of, you know, Twitter, arguments and fights because Twitter is toxic, as everyone knows. And then as far as it kind of wearing off, it really didn't wear off. Like it died down a little bit. Um, but then as soon as it died down, we went on the challenge and then, you know, now the challenge is, is in full swing. So it's kind of like we haven't had a break and I'm kind of used to people and their opinions now, but now they don't phase me as much. So I needed to develop that tough skin because before when you're in beauty pageants, everyone loves you. And then you get on a show where everybody critiques you for things that are, you know, beyond your control. It feels very like depressing. So I had to like make sure I didn't get depressed and just kind of go back to living my normal life and finding my value in myself as a human and not as a TV character. Did it take some getting used to, cause I'd imagine, okay, maybe I'm wrong and I've, I've, uh, contrary to popular belief, I've never been a beauty queen, but I can mm -hmm. imagine it's kind of like a, a safe or fun version of famous where like you're on stage all the time. People are worshiping you, <laughs> applauding you. You're winning money. You look great in photos, all this stuff. But for the yeah. most part, people aren't like tearing you down on social media and analyzing your every step and every word. Then you go to not just reality TV, but big brother where you are being watched uninterruptedly for an entire summer for the most part. Um, how is that different as far as like getting used to that? It seems like you and Swaggy now are really hitting your stride, having now done the challenge, but gotten a little bit of a taste of it from doing Big Brother and having the kind of mm -hmm. couple years in the middle there where you're doing the reality TV thing without actually being featured on TV, but you're playing the social media game. You're doing the appearances. You're staying in touch with other yeah. cast members and stuff like that. Um, do you feel like you have it down at this point or is it still jarring how much people care and how they present that to you in a variety? of ways. No, I feel like I have it down at this point because it's actually a little bit flipped for the pageantry thing. Reality TV is so much more relaxing. When you're on a pageant, you have to uphold statuses politically. You have to carry yourself in a, you know, a perfect light. You have to be hair and makeup. You have to look like a Barbie 24 seven and that's not realistic. So going on reality TV, um, people get to know the real person and the real person is flawed. So I am so quick to be like, you know what? I screwed up. I apologize. I'm sorry. I'm a human. And that's easy to do. Where as pageantry, you're not allowed to do that. You're not a human. You're, you know, a, a, a symbol and you can't have any flaws. So I like the reality side better. Um, as far as, you know, the people, some people are just mad and I can't really control that. So I'm over that. Swaggy and I have hit our stride now, but I think 
what happened for us to hit our stride is we really stopped caring. So like when we went on Big Brother, you know, we cared about, you know, people's opinions. People said nasty things to Swaggy. You know, he's not her family, blah, 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 you know, just mean things. And so we stopped caring about what those people had to say and just started living for us. And now those people are mad because our lives are better than they, what they expected them to be. So we just don't care anymore. We just do what we want to do. And obviously that landed us back on TV because I guess we're nonchalant. Um, but it's just funny, you know, these days that you can't please anybody. So we just decide to please ourselves. Spoken like a true challenger. <laughs> Let's go. Um, yeah, no, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, whatever we go through. So, um, but yeah, what's, what has the, let's get to the challenge. Scott, we ready for the challenge? Yeah. Tell yeah. us about that. How did that come about? Finally, the uh, exclusivity uh, ends and whatnot. I mean, what did the challenge call you the similar way to big brother and say, Hey, just be there on Tuesday. Was there any sort of a process <laughs> there? Uh, it, walk us through that. Yeah. So, okay. So we got, you know, pretty much lucky. We had a year of exclusivity with big brother. And literally as soon as that year was up, the challenge, um, kind of called and was like, Hey, like we're looking, you know, for players, we'd love to interview you. So I got an interview and I didn't really think much of it. They interviewed me. They interviewed swaggy for completely forgot about it. We packed up from Missouri, moved to LA and, uh, literally a month after we moved to LA, they're like, yeah, so we're, we're looking for you guys to come to Prague. And we're like, wait, what? We just got here. And at first they asked, you know, me to come, uh, by myself and Swaggy was an alternate. And then five days before they're like, Swaggy, you're not an alternate anymore. You're coming too. So we Ooh. got lucky and we both, you know, came together. So that wasn't even planned. They said they never brought on an outside couple before. Normally, you know, couples form on the show, but they've never had an outside couple. So we were the first to do that. And honestly, I'm, I think MTV thought it was a good idea. And I think they pretty much like, you know, their choice. Yeah. I, I have thoughts on how fair that is. I'm not going to lie. I, I just yeah. to be clear, just to be clear, it's, it's my thoughts on how fair it is across the board whether you met on the challenge or not it just seems mm -hmm. more appropriate that if like two people who did five challenges met on their third challenge and got engaged on their fifth that obviously you would want to continue telling that story but to me i mean once you're married once you share finances once you share a household once you are probably maybe a percentage less but as invested in swaggy winning as you are you and vice versa it's like having two <laughs> shots at the same household winning you know it's like having two Actual. out of 28 instead of one yeah, favor isn't fair, Scott. And I was just telling you, uh, it's, it's funny because I totally agree. When, you know, we got there, my main goal was to establish dominance. And I, I came off crazy to a lot of people, but it worked in the house because the politics in the house of the challenge are different than in the real world. If you're not coming, you know, in hot and you're not letting people know that you're not to be messed with, they're just going to run all over you because that's what the challenge does. So, um, that was my strategy and Swaggy's, Swaggy's was to stay laid back. In real life, it's completely flipped. So we had to go in kind of playing for each other. On girls' weeks, he would be stressed out. On guys' weeks, I would be stressed out. So that's the downside to where if I came and played for myself, it might have been a little bit more less stressful. But um, the perks is I have my best friend and I have a partner ride or die in the game. So you kind of just have to take, you know, the good with the bad. And, yeah, we had benefits, but we had, down, you know, downsides too. Yeah. And you kind of like made your presence felt right away. Yeah. It was like, and you know, I think that, I think, uh, my son and Swaggy touched on this a little bit here, but you know, Swaggy's game was completely different. Yeah. He, he was, like you said, he was coming in hot at the, you know, at the, on Big Brother and in real life, according to what you just said. And, but in the challenge game, he's not. 
And, oh, yeah. And, Everybody and if, thought he was quiet, which, Derek, yeah. if you've seen the Big Brother, Swaggy is not quiet. Like, Swaggy <laughs> yeah. talks the most shit. Yeah. He's the loudest dude in the room. So yeah. Everybody was coming up to me for the first two weeks, like, yo, does your, your like, husband talk? And then they didn't know we were husband and wife at that time. So they were like, yo, does Swaggy talk? And I'm like, yeah, he talks. And they're like, oh, we've never seen him talk. And I'm like, well, just wait till he does, because y'all not going to want to, you know, hear him <laughs> after he starts. So it was just kind of like a strategic game plan. We yes. the, we we wanted to win the game. Like we're, we are not yeah. in, on the challenge for attention. Like I know a lot of people come on and they're like, yeah, I'm just trying to be seen. I don't. You don't have to see me. Fill my pockets. Pay me some money. My life is great. You know. So that's just kind of like our thing. We're we're here to make some money. We're here to establish you know our competition. And if you're not about it, you're just not about it. When did you guys officially get married and when did you officially tell everyone and when did you tell the people in the house? Because as you mentioned, there's a moment there where they know you're together, that you know each other, but they don't know that you're married and whatnot, which is kind of a crazy dynamic. I didn't even think of that. So just walk us through the timeline with that. So we got married on Swaggy's birthday. Um, he has like a weird, you know, history of crazy exes on his birthday. So he was like, Hey, I, I really want to like reassociate my birthday. So we got married on his birthday, 2019. Um, we didn't tell anybody. We didn't like we told maybe our immediate family, not even like our friends. And um, my bridesmaids were pissed, by the way, but it's fine. And then we got on the show and nobody knew. They all just called us fiance. And then Swaggy just kept calling me his wife. So they, the production was like, why does he keep saying wife? And you keep saying fiance. And I'm like, we need to get our story straight. So I was like, yeah, we're technically married. We just haven't told anybody. So if you do air it, you'll be the first to know. And so they were like, OK, well, let's, you know, kind of address it. And so we just did. So we never really talked about it. We did a video after we, you know, came home from the challenge to kind of tell our fans, like, hey, if you see it, this is why. And, you know, that was that. That is so weird that, like, no yeah. offense, I'm just saying, like, the idea that you guys hadn't told anybody, but I guess you guys, yeah. like you said, didn't get your story straight to where he's just – now, was he calling you his wife or was he, like, casually saying wifey? Because, like – No, he was saying my wife in his confessionals, like, me and my wife. Got <laughs> it. Like, now, was, yeah. there, there was, this, was there a strategic element to not wanting the house to know how solid you guys were? Because as we saw in this same season, having a boyfriend or a girlfriend doesn't even necessarily mean that you're solid. But once you hear husband, once you hear wife, mm-hmm. you think this is a built-in alliance. This is something I'm not going to be able to penetrate here as far as social game. Was that part of it? You know, no, because they knew they were gonna, weren't were going to be able to penetrate it anyway. Like, I don't th- – like, nobody in that, um, that bunker could – like that wouldn't even cross their mind. They knew that we were a joint thing. They just felt like it was better to have both of us than to, you know, than to not. So they're like, okay, that's two votes. Cause you know, you play a numbers game, especially with the twist in the season. So nobody was really intimidated the fact that there was us, but they did not want to come after us because if they came after me, they would have Swaggy on their back. And as you saw the first five competitions, Swaggy won three, I won, I think two. So it was like, it wasn't like we weren't, well, the first, yeah, six or seven competitions. So we won most of the competitions as far as um, tribunals. So if I wasn't in power, he was in power or somebody we were aligned with was in power. So if you really wanted to attack us, just be ready to fight back because we weren't the couple to really mess with it. Yeah. And if, and even if Swaggy's name was even just merely coming oh, up. I was coming for heads, Derek. Coming yeah. For heads. yeah. So like so so you guys are playing a really good game. So yeah. the, the, the the balance you know, the, the balance of power, the balance of like strength, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it's working really well. And the fact that, you know, you, he's not coming into this game like he did on Big Brother is like, is, is perfect. 
Yeah. And you know, it's crazy. They cut a scene, which they'll eventually show it. There was a fight in the house the first week with Nelson. Nelson had said some things about me um, and Swaggy almost took his head off. Mm -hmm. So I think what people saw from us was like, okay, we don't know who these people are, but we need to chill. So people just wanted to sit back and observe us. And that was kind of our our strategy. Once I showed them that I was kind of snappy, I sat back and I chilled. You know, me and I was friends with people. We had a great time, but nobody really wanted to come after me. Once Swaggy showed his kind of crazy side, they were like, yo, this is quiet, but he's crazy. So it was just kind of like strategic moves, nothing personal. And, you know, I feel like that's what had us do so well because, you know, we could have been the rookies that got attacked off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a big part of the game. I mean, yeah. believe it or not, like intimidation, fighting back, uh, uh, the feeling of like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble if I vote these people in um, mm-hmm. or vice versa. Like, if you say my name, I'm fucking coming for you. That plays a big, that plays a big, that plays a big role in these games, you know? Yeah. And you have to back it up. So if I were to say, like, oh, I'm coming for you and I've never won anything, you know, I'm not a force to be reckoned with. Who cares? But the fact that they saw, like, oh, she got a little hidden strength to her. I look, you know, preppy or whatever. But then in competitions, I'm actually delivering. I think that's where people were like, oh, hold up. And and not to mention, Swaggy has the X factor. Yeah, he does. He's you know brilliant. what I'm talking about? There you go. There it is. That's <laughs> yeah, it. I think that was the, the thing. One thing that people were like, oh, he's small because Swaggy's not small. He's 6'5", but he's slender because he's a basketball player. So he played, you know, D1 basketball all the way through college, but he didn't bodybuild like some of the other guys in the house. They're, they're muscle build, but he's quick on his feet. He's quick on his toes. You know, like he has a, a brain that can do math and half of these people as you know they're athletes they don't add so he's an athlete that can add it's over yeah um it's so funny because you mentioned not being the typical rookie experience where you get thrown in just for being rookies then you throw in that you're a couple i mean i thought it would have been a a layup to throw at least one of you in and get the ball rolling there it seems like whether he actually has a lot to do with it or not wes is taking a little bit of credit for that protecting you guys along the way where did that relationship start wes you know publicizes it fairly well that he likes to slide into a dm or two and try to create alliances with some of the rookies that might still yeah, be free no, agents no dm sliding when did that no happen DM sliding. so we're both from kansas city which i don't know why anybody didn't catch on to that like immediately um but i was born and raised kansas city he was born and raised kansas city so when we got off big brother we had fans that are like hey like have you you know talked to wes you know do you guys know each other and his wife teaches yoga i teach yoga so i was like oh okay this looks like a cool couple so i slid into his dms and i was like hey dude Fans are reaching out, like, let's do a double date. We did a double date. Him and Swaggy talked their little nerd language. Me and um, Amanda talked our yoga language, and we've been friends ever since. So when we got a call for the challenge, we immediately were like, dude, guess what? And he was like, shut up. You know, so then we already had our, you know, alliance formed on on accident. We never even thought we would be crossing paths. I wonder if Wes might, uh, if he was maybe having an open-ended discussion at some point about who he might like to see on a future season, if he was like... You know it's crazy? Maybe, but he gave us, and, and this is just real talk, like, he gave us advice, like, hey, like, these are the people you should be talking to, and we were just, like, not interested. Like, not interested. Um, and he was just like, okay, cool. We dropped it, and we got called by a totally different, you know, party. So I think he was kind of surprised. Um, but Maggie and I, after we got off Big Brother, were completely scarred. We never wanted to do TV again. <laughs> so uh, this just kind of happened out of the blue, and it just worked out. 
Yeah, I don't think you're giving credit enough credit to Wes's inception skills when it comes to like I think he probably oh, like planted a seed. One day was like, you know who's really interesting? I don't know if you guys are still casting people from Big Brother. Probably not. But if you ever do again, Bailey yeah, and Swaggy, um, really interesting. Absolutely. I'm not giving Wes credit for doing anything for me on TV. I got on TV by myself. <laughs> uh, um, but now, are you giving him credit though? Once you guys are in the house for looking out for you, because as you mentioned, oh, you guys yeah. won a lot of dailies. You know, um, you guys are getting into tribunals and stuff. But when you're not, Wes is, Johnny is, you know, and they, in a way, have controlled this house from at least afar. You know, pulling. Oh, some Absolutely. strings here or there. So do you think Wes, having Wes on your side helped you guys not get thrown in at least once up until this point? Yes, I'm giving him and Johnny credit. So Wes, definitely, because Wes had power and Wes completely skirted around mine or Swaggy's name. Even in the most recent episode where we did the torpedo trivia, Wes was like, hey, I want to bring in Swaggy on Tribunal. And Rogan was just feeling insecure about it. Wes has been very, very loyal. He had our backs. And I think that's what kind of got us into the trouble because everybody noticed. Um, and obviously, Josh was very upset about that. There were certain cast members that are like, wait, why is he protecting these rookies? So he did stick his neck out on the line for us. And we really really thank him for that and the reason why is because him and chris have invested interests in real life because you know they have a business together so it's just like it, he'd had no choice or else i was gonna you know raise hell in real life so i was very grateful for wes and then i'm friends with bananas his girlfriend um, morgan in real life so bananas and i we just kind of had like a, a little unspoken truce like he's not coming for us we're not coming for him so we were kind of covered in all aspects of the game and you know it sucks to suck but that was just the luck of the draw for us with the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Tone Out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash Nevia. Did you watch any uh, old challenges in preparation for this? Did you get to know the lay of the land or your fellow cast members um, at all? No, but I am like an old school MTV chick. I used to watch Real World and I watch Real World Road Rules. And even Devin Simone is from Kansas City. She went to high school with me. So I watched her seasons like I've seen the show. So I'm oh, aware wow. of the concepts and I've been, you know, seen it forever. We had a joke. Me and Devin went to like a private school in Missouri. And it's like just I mean, it's funny. We were like both really outspoken kids so our teachers were like you know you and Devin are you know not going anywhere in life and me and Devin are the two that ends up on tv from our school so it's funny but I already kind of knew what I was dealing with yeah yeah it was like all girls private school and we were so bad what hold on hold on you guys went to school at the same time like yeah know each other from same school yeah, from elementary sleep- school where, in where high, high school, school she went to what? she has sleepovers with my sister because Devin's a little bit older than me so right. my sister and, and her were in the same class so yeah she would spend the night over my house and I just kind of looked up to them as like older sisters and then Devin went on TV and then I even hit her up like hey like they're hitting me up for the show like what should I do and so she kind of gave me advice but like yeah like it's weird small world but like Wes me Devin even um there's another girl from the challenge I think that 
I don't know if it wasn't Camilla, but it was another girl that's from Kansas City and has been on the challenge. Yeah, Sylvia. There we go. Sylvia's from Kansas City. So it's just like a thing, I guess. Pop reality TV place. What about Swaggy? Had he seen the show at all or Real World Road Rules, anything like that? (laughs) No. No. Swaggy was born in 95. He completely was like, what is this? Um, But I kind of just gave him like the lay of the land. He had seen, you know, the challenge Twitter. From the last few years. So he That's all you need to concept. see, really, at this point. Yeah, just the Twitter, the spark right? notes. Yeah, so he saw the spark notes, and he, you know, he's an athlete. So as much as people want to call him small, he's been, you know, an athlete his whole life. So he was pretty good. Now, physically, on Big Brother, it's, it's funny because, you know, on Big Brother, I always make the joke that, like, the only thing – people talk about people being physical threats. But, like, for the most part, the show doesn't get that physical. You know, like right. you're getting, like, water balloons thrown at you or you're getting, you know, Zingbots coming and yelling <laughs> at you or you're getting gack thrown. It's, it's kind of like Nickelodeon for adults, right? Yeah, um, it is. And then you go on the challenge and you're getting, you know, you're getting dragged by cranes and you're getting hung upside down by, uh, you know, you're doing trivia where you get it wrong. You get dropped, uh, you know, from 40 feet into a pond. Uh, you're on, yeah. on hung, hung sideways on a car you're going in a helicopter all this stuff so how did you if at all prepare for the upgrade in sort of severity uh, when it came to the challenges and the performance and stuff like that um this was right up my alley uh because i'm more of a contact kind of person like i used to run um well i ran track and did basketball all that stuff but i used to run half marathons a lot so i just knew my endurance was my number one attribute so i just started running um and i spent a lot of time you know running lifting weights trying to prepare for what cost possibly could have been there and for me it's more mind over matter whatever it is i'm you know not afraid i can do whatever it's more just if I can mentally check myself into the game, I know I have, you know, ability to win. So I just wanted to kind of build my endurance, build my strength a little bit, and then mentally get myself in the right place. Who did you get? Now, you mentioned Melissa. We obviously know you yeah. went in with a built-in relationship with Wes. Um, yeah. you, you obviously, you know Fessy, you, uh, you know Casey. Who did you get along with in the house? Who didn't you get along with? Who were you? Who was your competition? Who'd you have your eyes on? I know we don't, we don't know how it plays out yet, but who'd you have your eyes on for, I want to go into an elimination with them? Who'd you have your eyes on? Like, I do not want to go into an elimination with them. Okay. So my best friends in the house were mostly the British girls. T and Jenny were my best friends. And then Maddie was my girl too. Um, so I just kind of stuck around that way. I started off and Swaggy and I had a different strategy too. We, everybody knew we were married, but it was a bunk bed. So I started off in one room. He did the other room, um, mm. because we wanted ears everywhere. So I started off in the room with the Holy Trinity cause I wanted to know what was up. I had Anissa under me, um, Kayla, um, Jenna, Nani and Casey, just so I can kind of know what was going on. And I really did uh, want to align with m- myself with them at first, but long story short, I'm at the bottom of that toting pole. It wasn't really the smartest game move. So I decided to switch sides um, and ended up rolling with the girls that made me feel the best. And that ended up being Jenny, Maddie, um, Big T and eventually Melissa. Me and Dee, obviously everybody knows, didn't get along. She decided to come after me for no apparent reason. So did, you know, Melissa, Nani, Anissa, and, um, I think Casey at the time. So, uh, we'll, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But, uh, I think at a point in time, all the girls turned on me. Um, but that's just the name of the game. So I was ready to play. 
Um, I think we were all collectively surprised and especially, you know, everything that unfolded this week, but it, you know, both yeah. on the episode we were supposed to see and then everything that unfolded on social media that, yeah. I mean, that Wes wouldn't sort of be a fulcrum for you and B, but for you and D, not even just like not hating each other, but by being strong allies in the game. What was it? You that- know what? He was, and it wasn't his fault. It was D's fault. So we started off, me and D started off really good. And even after the show, like, you know, she said some, crazy things but we've had multiple conversations even up until this week most of the times we just do things under wraps i think this week just kind of overflowed into actual twitter because that's where you know everything happened um but she was more these very territorial so she was more jealous like she was like i'm wes's number one you're not and i'm like honey i'm not competing with you I already have a number one in the game you need to get your mind you know in the game and actually realize you have more numbers now don't don't make it a competition so i think she just took it the wrong way and then when she realized you know that we actually knew wes in real life it kind of hurt her feelings because she had never, you know, you know, met Wes's wife or done that stuff. So it was just too personal, too up close. But um, I don't know. I think she would. She was surprised when she watched it back to see how much Wes actually did have our backs. Um, but it's just, you know, kind of the name of the game. You can't see those things when you're in, you know, the game. Uh, Brittany wrote in, she wants to know, um, she says she's surprised, um, knowing that you guys are both working with Wes, but then once Wes left, um, you wanted D gone. Uh, you guys seem to not get along. Was D being problematic in ways that were not shown, um, to make you guys not get along during filming? So was there anything more than, yeah. yeah, go ahead. There was tons, even from, you know, deleted scenes. I don't know if people have seen the deleted scenes from last night's episode. Me and Dee got into a physical altercation because she just decided that, you know, she wanted to sabotage me in the competition, you know, by, like, hurling things at me and hitting me and stripping things from me. And I would do things like that on a regular basis inside the house, inside the challenges. So I got to a point where it wasn't just me and Swaggy. We don't have any personal beef with D, but everybody in the house was like, she's being a little bit too vindictive and she's letting the power kind of get to her. Um, And I think people were just kind of ready for that reality check. And that's why, you know, Johnny and Josh and even Rogan were like, let's just throw her in because she had gone on a power trip where even Wes couldn't control her anymore. For anyone not in the loop, and it's, I know it's surprising to hear this, but there are actually people who don't live on the internet who don't know that everything, everything that went down, uh, D made some racially insensitive comments, uh, involving the Black Lives Matter movement directly talking to you last week. MTV and the challenge have decided to cut ties with her formally going forward and in coordination with that decided to on what had to be, I don't know, 30 hours notice, recut Wednesday's episode. Mm-hmm. The episode that we saw here in the States was kind of a Frankenstein of an episode. It was only 60 minutes um, didn't really make a lot of sense in a narrative capacity because they pretty much cut out any mention or shot of D that they could of course she's in the elimination so you see a little bit of her but as you mentioned you and her were in that challenge together um, tied together and kind of going at it that sort of got removed from our cut um, however it was not removed from Canada in time I don't know that Canada got the memo or something so it's out there the Snyder cut is out there if people want to look for it and whatnot um, what were your thoughts about that having your kind of show now altered which involves you as well. So by cutting D out of this episode by proxy, a lot of your story got removed too. Hearing a lot about your journey in this episode was removed. I have seen the other clips and I see that a lot of Bailey was taken out of this episode. And I know they didn't mean to do that. It was just a casualty of what they decided to do with the edit. Hopefully going forward, it won't be as clunky. Um, Do you think they made the right call there? And was it hard to kind of watch a lot of what you went through removed? You know, honestly, I don't know if they made the right call. I can't, you know, speak to production. I think most of it has to do with, you know, whatever legal things that they're going through. I think um, 
the storyline with, you know, the chunks in it made a lot more sense. And it was very interesting for me to watch and kind of reflection because in the house, you can kind of feel the shift. Like I felt the shift where all of a sudden nobody was speaking to me and I didn't know why. And now I understand that, you know, that was a pre-hatched plot, you know, plot against me. So I wish, you know, and I hope that people that, you know, are curious about it, go and kind of get the details in order to learn kind of more about my experience. But at the same time, I have to like support the network. If, you know, this is what you guys thought was the best moves, like it's fine. But I just wanted people to know that I was fighting in there and it wasn't just, um, you know, a kind of random, you know, situation that happened. It was, you know, something that I was having to deal with, you know, the entire week and it kind of just exploded in that way. Um, you guys have, have done a great job since this all went down. I mean, it seems like honestly three weeks ago now, but it was literally just like five days ago at this point. Um, since everything kind of exploded on Twitter and you guys, uh, put out, uh, a great video. I don't know if it was before or after this, but you guys put out a great, uh, video, you and Swaggy about how people can be allies, not just during the Black Lives Matter movement, but in general, um, that I yeah. thought was really great. And you guys have been really outspoken during this whole thing, not just as this stuff played out on Sunday. Um, and then yeah. in the last few days. So, Talk about that. How, how tough has it been for you guys? You seem so well prepared for something like this. Sometimes you kind of forget how awkward and awful this must be for you to go through, you know. But so j- just talk about how the last week has been for you in that regard. Well, you know what? And the crazy part is all of it was unexpected. So I had already, Swaggy and I had already prepared to make our allyship video um, just because I had gotten, you know, an overwhelming amount of phone calls from, you know, castmates and people wanting to use their platform in a positive way and people just wanting to be educated. So I was like, babe, let's make a video, you know, and then the deep thing coming up was so random and it wasn't even necessarily directed at us. It just, I just got it in my DM so many times and I had already, you know, spoken to D personally about a few other things where I was just like, Hey, enough is enough. So I just tweeted about it. Never once did I, you know, send it to MTV or anything like that. I wasn't really expecting for all of this to happen. Um, but you know, with the amount of complaints that they received, they decided to make a decision that was best for them. And i really wasn't, you know, I'm not like malicious. I'm not trying to rub it in. I'm not like anything like that. I just felt like enough was enough. And we had to actually use our platform for something positive. And Dee's a role model. So she has to be careful with the things that she says, because people are looking up to her. Um, but for me, um, you guys know, I was the first black Miss Missouri. Um, so I went through that personally, my year where I got, you know, death threats and people sending me nasty things because of the color of my skin. Um, and I have just been prepared to to fight for this kind of stuff. I'm no different than anybody else because of, you know, the way that I look. So this is the time where I actually get permission to speak about it. And, you know, I'm ready because I've been dealing with this since, you know, the day I was born, especially being from, you know, a predominantly white place, going to predominantly white schools. I went to private school and high school and Baylor, you know, in college. So this is just my everyday life. And I'm just happy that now I finally have the platform to be able to speak about the things that have made me feel uncomfortable my whole life. Yeah, it, I, you know, it's, it's really sucks the turn that it's taken for a million reasons, right? But, you know, I'd love to, if it's even possible to do so, get into the headspace before everything kind of unfolded with D, um, and how you guys feel the reality TV world, your peers, um, MTV, the challenge had sort of handled being a part of the Black Lives Matter movement up until this point. Cause from where I sit, and granted, it doesn't matter so much what I think, but I thought there was a lot of showings of unity and, you know, obviously I I know people have different thoughts on how effective it was, but Blackout Tuesday, and I was so pleasantly surprised at how many people took part in it and kind of, you know, decided to use their platform all week and now this following week and whatnot. So talk before D and this whole thing unfolded, how you felt, uh, did you feel proud to be associated with the show and with the TV, uh, the reality TV community during this time? Um, did you feel like people were doing a good job? Because I did, and it's hard for me to mm-hmm. actually give a perspective there. I'd love to know how you guys felt 
No, I, we felt the exact same way. I'm super proud um, of not just my castmates from the challenge, but my castmates from Big Brother, you know, previous seasons and seasons, you know, that I was on. I got calls from everyone like you know because in the reality world as you guys can see there's a lack of diversity there as well there's not very many you know african-american people that are on these shows so i had cast members um i even had group chat zoom calls where they're like asking like hey how can we be supportive you know we need to you know more information um especially the networks the networks were very supportive they showed solidarity um and the challenge is a very diverse show it's not you know, black and white. It's very, there's, you know, Asian, there's Hispanic, there's black representation, there's, you know, um, international representation. So I never felt like once singled out and I felt like everybody did a great job of trying to be supportive. That's why um, this kind of issue um, was a big deal when it happened because everybody had been doing their best to raise awareness and to do, you know, the right thing. Yeah. It's, you know, I felt, you know, a little bit guilty that when the Black Lives Matter movement really, I mean, and this is not the first iteration of it. I mean, this sadly happens in society. I mean, on a weekly, if not monthly basis, as far as people losing their lives due to police brutality and other reasons. But this time feels different. It feels bigger. Um, and over the past few weeks, as you know, people have told us, you know, oh, we'd love to hear um, some black cast members and their experiences in reality TV and what it means to be a minority on television, whether they feel misrepresented represented and stuff like that. And I thought about it, like, do Derek and I ask those questions enough, like on a random podcast, you know, like if we have Anissa on, are we asking her about the fight that she got into with uh, whoever it was in the bar, Nelson, or are we asking her these important questions of what it's been like to be on MTV for a couple decades and whether she feels like anything's changed in that regard. So, you know, I know it feels like we might just be talking about this because of the, the D thing, but I really would love to know you yourself, Swaggy, who obviously you had, you know, separate experiences, but now are, are tied together. Um, you know, being on Big Brother, being on the challenge, um, how have you felt navigating this space um, as an African-American? Do you feel like that uh, you've ever been typecast? These are the complaints that we've seen on social media in the past couple of weeks, and I feel bad for not giving people the space to talk about it. So um, I'd love to know. Well, um, if I'm being completely honest, um, it's so hard because I feel like a lot of people, you know, we're just kind of unaware. So it kind of slaps them in the face when we talk about it. We absolutely were typecast. That's the whole point. So when I got called for Big Brother, the first thing they said to me was like, hey, you know, you're top 25, but that doesn't mean top 25 black girls. So get ready to go. I know that I'm the only black girl that's going. That's immediate because they have to feel certain roles. And then you know, on top of that, there's certain black people that they don't want to cast in these roles because they're going to be put in situations that might make them feel uncomfortable. So I had to make sure to communicate that, hey, I'm used to being in uncomfortable situations. It's OK. But that's not something somebody should have to communicate. So it's just, you know, part of the industry um, that we signed up for. But to me, it's more important to have representation on TV. And maybe I'm uncomfortable, but the girls that are watching at home can see somebody that looks like them. So it is difficult and it is hard that, you know, as out of my cast on Big Brother, I'm the only one that got, you know, well, me and Swaggy were the only people that got racially attacked after the cast because people just have hatred in their hearts. So it it sucks. But at the end of the day, you know, it's a job and we're ready to do our job regardless. So we're just kind of used to it, which sounds bad, but it's just true. 
Um, it's interesting. I've given, and I know everyone's putting the challenge and MTV under a microscope of how they're going to handle this specific issue. But when it comes to the diversity of the casting, I think it says a lot <laughs> and I might be reading too much into this, but I think it says a lot that big brother, a show that I, I don't think is very diverse. Um, that when the challenge decides who they might want to take from a big brother cast, they actually go and take, you know, maybe the only four diverse cast members of a cast of 16 or 20. That's but who they decided that was to take. In, that was intentional. It was intentional. Yes. Yes. But that's, I mean, is that a good fit? That is a good thing, right? I mean, yes, because they're like, it's, it's hard because strategically, yes, it's a great thing um, for us that we're finally getting opportunities. Um, but at the same time, if you don't think that it's strategic because of the climate of, you know, the world where they don't want to be, you know, people that are left behind the trends and they want to make sure that people are appeased and they're not attacked. Absolutely. It's legal. It's strategic. It's business. Um, it just sucks that the world and the climate of everything has to change for you to do that. It's not like, you know, people were trying to be the front runners of this. It was just like, oh, we have to shift because this is where the world is going. So, so now that, you know, D obviously made the comments that she did, um, I'm not going to repeat them. They are very Googleable. Um, you know, she said some insensitive things directly to you, uh, directly to some commenters and whatnot, and just directly, just very insensitive to the Black Lives Matter movement in general on the worst possible day in the worst possible week, she could have done it. Um, where <laughs> yeah, all, all eyes are on her, all eyes are on the movement. I'm not saying it's any less offensive any other week or any other month, but, um, this, you know, was not the time to do this. Um, this yeah, opens up the and floodgates. I think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was like, it opens up the floodgates. It just sucks because I really wanted D to be a good example of what should have been ha happened. If D would have completely been like taking responsibility, this is not, you know, my intention. I need to do better, blah, blah, blah. I think it could have ended up better for her. I just think, um, the kind of stance people are taking on this um, particular issue kind of shows people's true colors. So it did open up the floodgates and a lot of networks are making shifts, um, which it sucks because these are people's lives. But at the same time, people have to be held accountable for the things that they do. And I feel like if I did something that was offensive to anyone, I would be held accountable. So I feel like everybody else should be, too. Um, have you guys spoken at all, you and D, like privately since this all unfolded? Um, yes and no. She sent me some, you know, messages, um, but they just weren't very nice. So I just didn't respond. Mm, that's, oh man, that sucks. Um, so, okay. Floodgate wise. All right. Um, <laughs> does it, you know, it's one of those things where I think we can all agree it was the right thing to do to make an exact, whatever the severity of it is or ended up being, obviously they've, they've, for lack of a better term, canceled her for now, um, that there needed to be an example made about how you, people need to behave going forward. Um, now yeah. the internet collectively decides to take out the microscope on everything that's ever been said or done on any reality show or any social media platform by any of you guys on any show. Um, yes. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, this question's from Paul. Paul says um, he wants to bring up that. I don't know if you've seen this, but people have been bringing up a clip from you saying something uh, about Fessy on Big Brother. Um, and she, he, he asks, how do you look at the comments you made about Fessy going to, I, I'm quoting this, you know, paraphrasing, go find a virgin. He needs to go back to Pakistan. And are these as hateful as some of the other co uh, comments? My question for you is just when Yeesh, people bring I this. I didn't say, so we, we're going to stop there because I yeah. never said go back to Pakistan. That's absolutely it. I watched and I the clip. That's that. not what you said. Yeah. Um, that's not what I said. I definitely said to Fessy and he was joking about it. We were having a conversation. Fessy's like a brother of mine. We were laughing because um, in his culture, um, it 
long time ago, but typically they do go after like virgin brides and they have a bride price. That was what we were referring to. I'm not an ignorant person. So if I'm making a comment about someone, it's never to be malicious. And it's based off of like cultural dialect. I've studied multiple religions as well as cultures. So if I'm saying something about someone, it's not out of pure ignorance. And if that person is offended by it, he would absolutely tell me we would discuss it and we would have an adult conversation. I think that's the difference where if you can own up to your mistakes, if you say something ignorant, yeah, we all do. But there's no you know, reason. I even said something on Big Brother that people like to take out of context because that was another thing. There was a flex, uh, a conversation I was having with Rockstar where she said she hated white people that were microaggressors of black people. And I said, I do too. So there's a clip that also says Bailey hates white people. It's not true. So I think that's the part that sucks. People can always clip things and take them out of context, but that's absolutely um, a false statement. And I'm willing to defend myself on that. The difference is that whenever we, you know, kind of asked you to defend herself, she couldn't. So, yeah, I thought it was a little, you know, the fact that people were bringing that clip up was kind of maybe a little bit of, a, oh, yeah, well, what about this? Yeah, Based because on you they, being want involved, see, right. they want to see me fail because they think that I tried to do something malicious towards Z. I didn't. I'm not even the one who reported her to MTV. So everybody can get that out of their head. Right. Now, now that being said, though, the same thing is being done, not just with that clip of you or even the clip from Big Brother that people aren't referencing with everything under the sun now. And we just saw yeah. on Tuesday they decided to cut ties with Taylor and not run Taylor and Corey's baby special. Um, and yeah. that was based on tweets from long ago, which I don't think a timestamp should affect how offensive something is, but she has been on shows since then. They have talked about some of her comments on said shows and they're now retroactively, you know, putting their foot down on her. People then wonder, Hey, what about X, Y, and Z? People are bringing up, you know, clips from past seasons of the challenge and wondering, should this person or this person not get another shot? Um, where do you stand on that? Like, where should we draw the line? Do they have to come up with some sort of a syllabus here of, or for lack of a better term, rule book for what does or doesn't pass here? And, you know, is it fair to just pick one or two examples like these two ladies this week and have them be the kind of standard everyone needs to live for going forward, but not go back and make sure anyone who violated the same code in the past also suffers the same fate? Because a lot of people are saying it's two women. What about the men? You know, what's crazy. I like, I don't, I don't think anybody knows. I think it's all new territory. Um, and it sucks because I've even gotten attacked, you know, on the situation. They're like, well, how can you feel this way about one person and not about another? And the, the crazy thing is, uh, everybody has their own opinions about things. Um, it depends on relationship, which sucks because, you know, um, I don't, I didn't know Taylor before this year, you know, so I couldn't really touch on, you know, her comments or anything. You know, people are just like, oh, I've, I've seen you be friends with her. I, when you meet someone, you don't you know, ask for their Twitter history. So, you know, I definitely have met Taylor. She was very sweet to me. Um, but I can't really touch on, you know, people's past or their mistakes or how the network t t uh, takes them because, you know, I'm not them. And if our MTV, you know, from what I've heard, they're trying to correct their wrongs because they were wrong as a network for letting, you know, certain things fly anyway. So I think it's just everybody trying to figure out what the new normal is, but I'm not, you know, the boss of that. And I still, I still don't know, you know, how they're going to handle this moving forward. I like that answer. Scott, you know, I, I am sorry. a pageant girl. I know how to handle myself. <laughs> Look, I, sorry, I didn't know all this. We were, Scott was going to ask all those tough questions, but he, it's well, that's supposed to, but I can handle it. Yeah. I was like, ah, 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 what, what are you 
what are you doing? And it's like, you know, <laughs> no, my, my apologies in advance for, uh, if, if there was anything, uh, you no, know. No, it's okay. It just sucks because, you know, I support my castmates and obviously Corey was on my cast. So I don't ever want to touch on anything that's gone, he, you know, he's gone through personally. And I really don't know. Even the D win situation, I have no idea what she's going through. And I hope she, you know, she's handling things, you know, the, you know, the way that's best for her life. But I'm not the judge of anybody and everybody does crazy things, you know, including me. You know, if I've made a comments that made people feel, you know, upset, I can only speak on, you know, my intentions and I know the con, you know, context of the conversations. So everybody has a right to defend themselves. Um, some people just choose not to. And, yeah. And how they do it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just depends. It's all, you know, it's all depending on the situation because some people have done things. And my favorite reference, you guys know I'm biblical, um, is Paul. Paul was a, a, prosecutor of christians he literally crucified christians every other day then decided to be the biggest you know champion of the cause so at at this point i don't know people i can't judge their past but i feel like you know everybody deserves you know to low, learn grow and evolve but it depends on how they go about that so we'll just have to see what about you not not even referring to anyone specifically but what about the idea we talk about like how they cast reality shows right and mm-hmm. even back in the day when people were lining up you know for five hours at a buffalo wild wings to go through 10 interviews to go on the real world or they're you're they're going and casting people based on social media they're looking for great characters they're looking for people who are not going to definitely get into fights but are going to have interesting conversations be bubbly on tv and you know are definitely going to be fun to watch and entertaining along the way you know things are said and mistakes are made and i think i would love to know what you think the statute of limitations should be on something that goes down on a tv show that's featured on a tv show that whether it's okay to kind of look back on that years later and be like, well, this was the wrong thing to say, even if that person has apologized for it or we've since, you know, quote unquote, moved on from it, um, is a little bit of it. Okay. But this is kind of what you signed up for or we signed up for. You, you put no, us in this scenario. No, because, well, yes and no. So it does, it, people evolve. So back in the day, you already know the, the real world is the, the, foundation of all of this. It was a social experiment. They wanted people to come into a place um, that they've never met people like that. It started off with, um, you know, homosexuality. I remember it used to be a huge cause, you know, on every show. They'd be like, oh, I've never met a gay person. That's extremely offensive. That would be considered so ignorant. And if they were to still do those kind of things today, people would have a problem with it. But back then, it was culturally acceptable for the time. So I think as a community, we all have to evolve. And especially, you know, now more than ever, I remember on my season, JC and I had a you know pretty heated conversation where I asked a question on you know how come they use this name for small people and he was very offended by it so he used a, a derogatory term towards for black people so we've had those awkward kind of conversations and you know the network has talked about it but they have to decide okay what's more offensive than than what is that even allowed JC's allowed back on the show even though he said that I'm allowed back on the show even though I made a you know a ignorant comment out of you know ignorance you know so it just depends on who the network is and how they kind of want to lead ex- you know the example of it. But I think people are humans and I feel like more people learn from these kind of situations than they don't. But when it comes to people that aren't willing to learn, aren't willing to correct themselves and are not apologetic, those people have to go. Yeah, isn't there a value in seeing, I mean, look, millions of people watch Big Brother, a million people watch the challenge, millions of people watch the real world. And I'm yeah. not one of them, but there's some people who watch these shows and find out, oh, you can't say that. And that's how they yeah. learned that. And guess what? Yeah. That person could have gone to high school, said it to someone and gotten 
suspended, but instead they heard yeah. JC say it or they heard you say yeah. it. And to me, there's value in that. And if the minute you say that you guys are removed from the house and canceled and we never get to see you two years later, three years later, then there's not the learning experience. There's not the, the process of, you know, evolution. And I think that something that might get lost in the quote unquote cancel culture. And I do think every now and then, a, you know, a very starch example needs to be made, but canceling someone before they even get to formally apologize or we get to see what they do with a second chance, I think unfortunately doesn't tell the full story of how you, cause in real life, people do go back to, they don't die the minute they say the wrong thing, you know, but in TV, you basically, once you kill someone off a show and edit them out, essentially to viewers, it's like, poof, they magically disappear because they said the wrong thing. And I just wonder if we're losing the big picture here, why reality TV was started was so that we as a country could learn from other people's mistakes. You know what? I think so. I just think it, like I said, it, it just has changed. Back in the day, reality people would go on shows and then they would go back to their regular life and they wouldn't be as famous or they wouldn't have the platform that we have today. So I don't think that we can, you know, take that chance because say we give them a second chance and they don't learn. So that person has now had a platform of millions to teach them the wrong thing to do. No. So I think people have to learn the hard lesson and be canceled because you know what? People won't make the same mistake because guess what? They won't want to be canceled. So I think it, it does have more pressure on it, but at the same time, it just depends on the magnitude of the offense. If you, you know, do something crazy and you have a second chance, you're going to take, you know, that second chance and you're going to cherish it versus you do something that's absolutely crazy and you expect to have a second chance. You don't deserve the second chance because you're already in the wrong headspace. You don't even feel remorse. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm totally with that. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's, it, this, it's, you know, we're at, the, we're in that time. Like, dude, you, these, these things can't happen. That's it. That's yeah. What we're and not only around. that, we've been, given change, second chances. Yeah. Yeah. we've been given you all these second chances yeah. and nothing has gotten better for the cause. So yeah. now let's stop giving second chances and yeah. realize that this is an important thing. Like you yeah. can't get away with that. How many yeah. people, you know, have, you know, unfortunately over these shows and I'm not even referring to Taylor, but say, you know, remember Flavor of Flav, where there was like that fight where, you know, they were fighting over racial slurs, somebody spit on another person, and that girl became the most famous person of the season. That's not okay. So yeah. what we're going to do is we're going to fix that behavior, cut it at the root, and so people realize that's just not how you treat other people. And especially, obviously, I can only talk about black people. You can't treat black people like that and then still be the most famous people because you're you're getting attention for negative reasons. Yeah, it's 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 done. It's like it's it's got to stop. Like the ignorance has to stop. Like yeah. not it's in 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 that it, treating people it, uh it, like 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 human beings, it like that that's how it needs to be. You you can't you can't you don't act like you haven't, you know, you know, heard it or felt it, experienced it. Like it's just got to fucking stop. Don't let it happen again. Period. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think if they see enough people kind of have hard examples, they'll at least think twice about saying those things. Whereas if they feel like it's a trend, I've seen so many, you know, kids say things out of trends and they really don't even understand what they're saying or how hurtful it is. Yeah. Yeah. You've worked so hard for all the things you have, the salary, the status, the success. And with that image, there's a drink, one to unwind, one to loosen up, one to take the edge off. But how do you know when a drink is more than just a drink? We get it. We can help. Karen's Grandview program has been helping accomplished people just like you regain their lives. Talk to us. Visit karen.org slash grandview. 
Um, okay, let's go to a question just about the game from Shayna. Shayna wants to know what daily challenges or challenges in general, I guess, do you enjoy more, the challenge ones or the big brother ones? Uh, enjoy is the, the key word. Uh, I'm actually going to have to go with the challenge ones because the big brother ones are a little bit too quick for me. As you guys know, we're cooped up in, you know, the big brother house for hours and hours on end. And then they let us have for five minutes to do a challenge and then we're cooped back up. So I love that the challenge ones are rigorous. I feel like I'm getting my workout in for the day and, um, any aggression that I have is taken out on the challenges on the actual challenge show. Scott and, and Scott also remember she's on vacation right now. So- so let's, uh, you know, were you in the house when Zingbot came? No, no. Okay. So you don't know. And they don't like tell you what your Zing would have been or anything like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so we have a lot of challenge left to see here. Um, we don't know what goes down, but we do know that you guys are playing in, uh, there's been similar twists, but this is the first challenge in a while where there's this, you have to go into elimination to earn your skull twist. Um, yeah. you know, and a lot has been said along the way of people getting to pick their spots and who they go against. You guys have gone with the other side of the strategy, which is, Hey, let's go as long as possible without going in. Um, but now as you get down to the, the needy greedy here, as Nelson would say, um, there's few people to choose from. If you want to go against somebody who doesn't already have a skull, um, are you guys kind of worrying, stressing out, Hey, am I going to get my shot? Are we going to get to the end here and not have a skull? What happened? in this version of the strategy we've seen the other version of the strategy you guys are playing what i would imagine is the more uncertain version of it um do you feel like you're running out of time do you feel like you're running out of options no so it's uh, the crazy part is where like i said it's strategic so um my strategy was more of a betting game i am still a rookie so whether i have a red skull or not if somebody wants to throw me back in they will so i don't want to get a red skull too early because when people already have red skulls and they're looking at options to throw back in they're going to choose me so i wanted to wait until you know the last minute to try to get my red skull um and then kind of bet there because the closer i wait to the last minute the closer i am to a final and that's just kind of my strategy so no i wasn't really scared but the red skulls uh strategy kind of benefits newbies because we have to go in regardless. So, you know, why not go in once and once only? Dean wants to know, what can the challenge, I think as a show, learn from Big Brother and what can Big Brother learn from the challenge? Um, the challenge can learn from Big Brother to use their brain. It's not all about physical things. Strategic and social game are absolutely, um, if not more important in the game of the challenge than the actual challenges are. As you can see, Kyle very rarely wins anything, and he usually goes pretty far in these games. Um, I love Kyle. Um, from the Big Brother can learn from the challenge. Um, is it, it's okay to physically test people. Big Brother um, is a game of kind of luck and memory and more brain power, but we don't really get enough physical activity. So I think I would like a kind of a jam mashup of both. Um, what from the edited episode um, do you wish we got a chance to see that we didn't see? Any, anything from your story? Um, yeah, I wanted them to see the fact that Melissa and Dee were purposely plotting to sabotage my um, game because it wasn't just Melissa and Dee. It was actually half the house. So um, it'll probably make more sense kind of seeing my reactions to thing moving forward to know that there was a point in the game where the house flipped and they were, you know, targeting me. Tyler wants to know who has the crazier fans challenger, big brother, big brother, hands down. And what, why is that? Um, the challenge fans, you know, they're aggressive. They talk a lot of crap. Big brother fans are actually like, they back up their action. 
Um, the reason why me and Swaggy's marriage got leaked is because somebody literally went and go, found our marriage certificate and leaked it online. We got multiple calls to our house for about a year and a half. People sent emails of me and Swaggy to my dad's job trying to get him fired. We have literally like psycho fans on Big Brother's side where the challenge people just kind of leave it to game and that's that. <laughs> that is absolutely frightening. Um, yeah. <laughs> last questions from our girl Shuni. Shuni wants to know, what do you want us viewers, us challenge maniacs to learn from watching you this season on Total Madness? You know, what I want the challenge maniacs to learn watching me is just that um, you can't judge a book by its cover um, and that there's so much heart that I have that I'm willing to give. I feel like a lot of people, you know, would look at me and not really count me as a competitor, but I have this like burning desire to prove to myself and to the world that I'm just like not somebody that can be reckoned with. So I just want them to grow to love me and just realize that like my passion is my biggest attribute. And are you currently quarantining and not really on vacation because you guys are going to go on Big Brother All-Stars? Um, no, I'm actually on vacation. Um, you saw my story. So that doesn't even make any sense. I just got off an airplane. You heard it yeah. here, folks, guys. Brittany Griner will also be on Big Brother All-Stars. First time. Um, all right, yo, I think that's it. Um, I just want to say, Bailey, thank you so much for uh, taking on all those questions that Scott threw at you there at the end. Um, yeah, I'm like, I feel like, you know, like I said, I am pretty, you know, I think my skill set is handling questions that are randomly thrown at me. I'm definitely prepared for that. So I'm not, I don't feel like anything that I've said was, you know, out of context. I feel like, you know, whoever wrote in with the whole Pakistani question was a little out of line because I hate when people take things out of context, you know, especially when Fessy and I are really, really close friends. That was yeah. A, a yeah. thing. Um, yeah. But other than that, like, I'm completely fine with it. I just want people to know that, you know, I'm not the one who, you know, acts D or, you know, got any, you know, anybody involved with that. That wasn't my call. And I really do, do hope, like, she ends up being okay from it. I just think what she did was just inappropriate. So that's fine. I don't really care. Yeah. No, I, I once we got in it, I was like, damn, she's, you know, there's no, no one else who can answer it like that. You know, and I think a lot of what you said too is like stuff that like people, you know, that are, you know, really concerned yeah. about what's going on in the world today. Like, and it's a good conversation. That way. Yeah. yeah. I and, feel like, I feel like those conversations are never had. That's why I don't mind because I feel like, you know, these are like people get, like I said, people get uncomfortable or there are awkward situations yeah. where they feel like they can't talk about it. So I'm like, I'd rather people just hear it from, you know, uh, somebody who's non-defensive. Cause I really, you know, like, like I said, but I'm used to this. I've had these conversations since I was born. Even like I told you at Baylor, my two, you know, really close friends from Baylor had two white girls come up to me the first week and was like, we've never seen a black person in person. Can you be our friend? And I'm like, wow. Okay. So, you know, I'm used to this weird stuff, but it's just funny because I don't want anybody to feel offended by anything that I say because it's just never my intention. Sorry, I'm going to let you go. I, I promise. Um, but I, I just want to say like, uh, you know, the uncomfortable conversations at home to all the viewers or to anyone that's listening, like they need to continue to happen, you know, inside the homes. Um, and so again, I thank you so much for, um, you know, for answering all those Scott, you, you, I think you pushed it a little bit and we can take out anything you think that was too much D stuff. I think you've met me like you've been on the phone for a while now. Um, I have no problem with voicing my mind. So if I would have wanted to snap at Scott in the middle and be like, you're doing too much, I would have. So I think I think it's fine, um, especially the way that the conversation turned out. I think it just like you said, it's educational and we don't want the kind of conversation about this stuff to die down anyway. So I think it's fine. And I think even too, like you said, the YouTube video about 
you know, how to continue to be an ally, you know, plug it in there. Like, yes. Yes. And, you know, people can kind of get what they, you know, need to get out of this situation. Even talking about, I like the fact that we talked about being, you know, a black person on reality TV and there's not very much representation. So I think people need to hear that. Um, and, you know, even though people probably are going to be, you know, uncomfortable during the podcast, like it's, it's good for them to kind of get it at all angles. Yeah. Cause I, I wouldn't have been able to ask those questions too, for the record. Like Scott, like I don't know. So I, I, I wouldn't be able to do that either. So I want to thank both of you. Um, for, uh, you know, Scott asking the tough questions because I can't do that shit. And, and Bailey, thank you so much for stopping in. And, uh, we'll plug that YouTube. Let's yeah, plug what that is YouTube. the YouTube yeah. video called if people want to look it up? My wife and I watched it the other day. Um, it's very informative and it's something everybody should watch. So what, what can they search to pull that up? Or do you have a channel? Yeah. So my YouTube channel is called Bailey Daily and it's the most recent video on there. It just says five ways to support the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so just click it, give it a listen and drop any comments that you have, have um, or just tell me how you feel about it. Amazing. Thank you yeah. so much, Bailey. We really appreciate it. Get back to your vacation. Uh, people can follow you on Twitter at Bailey Daily, which is uh, amazingly catchy, I must say. So uh, <laughs> thanks a lot for the time. We appreciate you being so candid. Uh, and yeah, we, we hopefully can do it again and uh, talk more game and strategy. And once all this other stuff is behind us. Yeah, sounds great. All right, awesome. th- thank you, Bailey. Thanks so much. Hopefully, Scott really didn't turn you off there with that. So no, I'm really when I say I'm like like if I was offended, you would know it. <laughs> like I'm completely fine. Thank okay. you, Bailey. Okay. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you. Yep. Bye, guys. There she is, Miss Bailey Dayton, aka Bailey Daily. From Baylor, the Baylor Bear herself. Wow, uh, that was uh, more than I think we could have ever asked for. Probably more than we told her we were going to do. Um, so apologies for that. But um, whew. you can tell why you know she was instantly someone Big Brother wanted to have on their TV and uh, why she's been so well-liked on the challenge so far. I mean, she, she's got a great answer for everything. Yeah, she she took all the tough questions and answered them probably perfectly. So I'm just uh, really glad, um, you know, we got her insight, her input. Well, we got to know her, her background, um, who she is. Uh, you know, we got to know her. I, I mean, she she really does seem just as nice, you know, on, on the show as she does, you know, on the podcast. Like, you know, sometimes people. You know, people get a, a different um, a version of what's on TV and what's, you know, in real life on a podcast for an hour and a half, because I think you can really get to know somebody after talking to them for an hour and a half. Um, and it's it she, it she gives that same warm, uh, you know, uh, you know, spirit feeling, um, you know, that, you know, that that we got on the podcast. So it was, uh, you know, um, you know, it's. Just the, the timing with her coming on right now too is just just so interesting and so um, you know powerful all at the same time. So um, you know, but I think you know the beauty of it is 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 we're all here you know fighting the same fight, and I'm I'm glad that we were able to you know to hear her voice and to hear her thoughts on on all the current events that have happened both on TV and in, in our world. And I'm and look and uh, I'm glad that before we did eventually 
get into some of the stuff that's unfolded over the past week and how it's kind of, you know, bled into the challenge world, not just on social media, but on our TV screens, um, literally removing a lot of the important moments of this week's episode, uh, by proxy because of this. Um, I'm glad that, you know, in a, in a weird way, you, there's a lot of Bailey you didn't get to see in this week's episode because of stuff that was cut, but, uh, hopefully we supplemented some of that with, with the first, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour of this interview, getting to know her, finding out about, you know, the pageant days, her days at Baylor, getting cast for Big Brother, that whole experience, her and Swaggy becoming, uh, what's the, what's the reality TV equivalent of high school sweethearts? You know, first, first season sweethearts. Um, that story is just absolutely nuts. Him going to live with her parents while she's still in the Big Brother jury house. So, um, I'm really glad that I think we got to give our audience uh, a look at her and uh, a chat with her that I haven't heard from her yet. I know she's probably done some podcasts in the past, but I think this was a great way for the maniacs to get to know her. And then, of course, unfortunate circumstances to have to go into as well. But I'm glad that she was able to shed some light on that because, um, man, if anyone should be pissed and incoherent when talking about that kind of stuff, it's her. And, man, is she just like, does she have the right mentality and just the most positive attitude about all of this going on? It's It's incredible. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's her YouTube channel? What's her YouTube again? Bailey, Bailey Daily. Daily. Yeah. Bailey Daily. Yeah. I, I watched that. Uh, I watched that video too on, uh, on how we can all, you know, be better allies. Um, and, uh, I think it was, it was insightful. I think everyone should take a listen to that. And, uh, we didn't talk about this in the interview, but this was just announced today. Uh, how about some good news in the world of reality TV as far as steps forward, as far as change? Cause, you know, we're, we're hearing, uh, you know, networks and shows cutting ties with people, uh, and calls for canceling more people. And look, that's for the greater good too. I'm not saying that's bad, but that is, you know, it is a negative thing. How about The Bachelor announcing that the next Bachelor, uh, is going to be the first black Bachelor? I know we had Rachel Lindsay, the first black bachelorette within the last year or so, but the year or two, I believe, a couple of years ago. But uh, they just announced it. Bachelor Nation, get ready. Uh, Matt James is the first black bachelor. So, hey, looks like that was in the works for a while. They mentioned that he was supposed to be on Claire's season. That ended up not working out. Uh, so they just kind of went and earmarked him for the next season of The Bachelor. Guy hasn't even been on their show yet. Normally they pick someone from the last season of Bachelorette. They were like, this guy's so good. We want to make him the next Bachelor. You got to imagine some of it is that in this moment right now, they needed to finally do something they should have done years and years and years ago, but better late than never. So kudos. I don't know if the kudos are in order, but, uh, you know, that's some positive news, I think, in the, in the world of reality TV making changes. You know, this is what I'll say. Uh, Bailey and Swaggy's and Fessy's and, uh, and Casey's season of Big Brother was my first season. Uh, maybe this will be the first season I watch The Bachelor. Wow. Look at that. Well, are you going to watch? So, you know, I got that little joke in there about Big Brother All Stars D. Have you heard the rumors are that calls are going around left and right that they are going to try to get a Big Brother season in at some point this summer and that they are putting out calls to some fan favorites from previous seasons and it will be an All Star season. Have you heard that D? Yeah, I did. I have. I have seen the, the spoilers. Are they spoilers? Uh, kind of. I guess rumors. I would call them rumors. Until it's flat out, these are the, this is the cast. I call them rumors. Um, let me ask you, in the limited Big Brother viewing you've done, who do you want to see back in Big Brother? Not who do you want to see on a challenge. Who do you want to see back in a Big Brother house? You know, I really wonder if they do Swaggy and Bailey back in there, you know? 
Um, would they take Paulie back? You know, um, you know, as we see, like some of these, you know, big brothers are like, no, I am a challenger. Like Paulie was like, I should have been on the challenge, uh, you know, from the beginning. So, you know, would they bring in it, you know, bring, you know, someone that's already tasted the savagery of a challenge back into the big brother house. I wonder how many they'll, you know, they'll reuse, uh, from the people that are in our world, you know, that are in the challenge universe now. Will they even use any? Yeah, obviously, you know, a lot of people have put a lot of stock into the merger between CBS and Viacom. Does that mean there will be more crossover? Uh, truth be told, we haven't seen it yet. Um, we have seen Victor go from the challenge and then go back to CBS to do Amazing Race. So a little mm. bit of that. So we've seen it. Um, I know that Nicole, his now wife, is one of the people rumored to maybe do this all-star season. A lot of people thinking Davon is in the mix. Um, but yeah, it will be interesting to he see because it would take them off the table for the next challenge. Let's just make that very clear. Exclusivity or not, whether they rewrite that contract or not, if they start filming Big Brother, then that person's probably not doing the next challenge. Yeah. Timeline-wise, yep. impossible, I think, just from what mm -hmm. I've heard from both. So um, it'll be interesting to see who decides, hey, I'd rather do Big Brother than the challenge. Big Brother, man, you earn that check. You're in a house for three months, or if you make the jury, you're going, you're getting sequestered, and you heard it from Bailey. They tweet those, uh, they tweet, they treat those jury members, might as well still be on the show. You're not talking to your family no matter what happens to you. So um, not the easiest paycheck in the world to earn, even though you are just kind of, you know, uh, in a house and stuff. You're not living in a bunker, but, um, three months. Yeah. I wonder who, you know, if say one person has the option who, you know, would they rather go, Oh yeah, let me go away for three months or two months. I mean, I still feel like they'd say, let me take the two month route. Well, also but think of it this way, right? You're away for two months, but as you know, D how long you're not filming 24 hours a day. You're really not. Like, there's times you can shut it off, right? For the most part, mentally, Big Brother, you're being filmed 24 yeah. hours a day. But it's you're still not turning it off. I mean, the the, the fact that there's you, you mean it's not like you don't feel that there's a camera on you all the time. I mean, you still whenever you go to sleep, there's cameras looking down at you. Whenever you know you go and you know go get a bowl of cereal in the middle of the night, there's cameras. You know, there's still cameras that see what you're doing. So it's not like it's not like you're, you know, uh, I'm sure when they sleep, you know, they're. But the difference the is the you talk about going to get that cereal, you know, there's a camera on you. But unless you start doing the moonwalk naked, they're not going to show that on the show. When you're in Big Brother and you go get cereal, there's at least some random guy in Ohio watching you eat that cereal. Yeah, but what's the difference? You know, what's the <laughs> I, difference? I mean, I, well, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think it'd be weird. Yeah. You know? So it's like, you're not, you're never, you're never like not working. Like, so the whole time you're still working. It's just, you know, the difference is, is maybe there's a guy looking at you at 3am going to get a bowl of cereal, eating a bowl of cereal. So it's like, you know, what do you do when you're eating that bowl of cereal? What picking your nose? So what do you do? Just not pick your nose. Like that's still not going to change that. That would that probably much. be the hardest thing for me. I'm not going to lie. I think. Yeah. Learning not yeah. to pick my nose. Not like I pick yeah. my nose all the time. Lindsay would Same. say I do, but you know. I don't know. Pick, I don't know. Pick your wedgie, pick your nose. Yeah. Pick your wedgie, I pick don't your know. nose. 
I don't know, walk out there in your underwear instead of, uh, you know, throwing a pair of shorts on. I don't know. I think they you encourage know, that. Yeah. So. All right. Let's let everybody go. Already a long episode. Thank you so much, Bailey. Let her hear it. At Bailey Daily on Twitter. Bailey is B-A-Y-L-E-I-G-H. Let her know you heard her on Challenge Mania. Thank you, Bailey, so much for coming on. Hope you enjoy the rest of your vacation. Thank you to the pod squad over at patreon.com slash challengemania. Thanks to everybody who's already bought the elimination of the decade swag over at challengemania.shop. D, you and Joss finally immortalized in some sweet-ass gear flying off the shelves. People are loving that, D. Yeah, big shots to Craig. Craig, right? Craig made that, right? Yes, Craig Merrick. Craig Marrier, man. He's the man, dude. He's the magic man. Uh, he also made, yeah, I don't know if you saw this, he made some stuff for uh, for Dave Woods for his graduating class, his seniors um, who are graduating. He made them some cool artwork. It's like them, uh, or I don't know if it's specific people or if it's just like high school kids holding a diploma in the, uh, in the graduation garb. And then in the background, there's a silhouette of what I, what I would imagine is their... Uh, is their mascot, the Trojans. So it's like, yeah, it's really cool. So shouts to Craig for doing that. Shouts to Dave Woods and shouts to his, uh, his, uh, his seniors who graduated. Congratulations, Trojans. Always a Trojan. Um, as Dave says. So, um, kudos to you guys. Yes. Congratulations to the graduates, to everyone's little graduates. If you got kids out there, uh, my little guy's going to the sixth grade and looks like he got a little graduation present present with uh, Swaggy's present. Um, so, yeah, Scott, we're going to do a trade with him. We're going to do a trade. He's going to send me something. We got to send him something. Yeah, get me the other. We'll send him a bunch yep. of stuff and they'll get it in four months because uh, I don't know if they're yep. putting it on the back of like sheep and having or like, you know, I don't know how they're getting this stuff there, but stuff is getting delivered so late. I don't even want to say it. Uh, what happened the other day that I was just like caught, contacted Threadless and I was like, dude, I ordered this a month ago. This is just going out. But long story short, it was it was addressed to somebody that we don't want to be sending stuff to anymore. Uh, and I okay. was like, you got to send it to Montana. No, no, no. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I was like, I was like, we can't ha- we can't be sending stuff to that person. Um, but that's how long this took. Is that yeah. a month ago? Uh, yeah. I sent it addressed to somebody who uh, we didn't want to send anything to. Uh, who's yeah. uh, apparently not living there anymore. So, okay. Um, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you to the pod squad, patreon.com slash challenge mania. Really guys, if you can check out this, the, uh, the Cyrus interview. And I don't know who we have this Wednesday. I gave Derek a fun idea. Hopefully she says yes. If not, um, we'll try to do something fun. Um, if not, it might just be me and D, but every Wednesday we have a really good time talking about the show with you guys. We love your questions. And, uh, you know, these last few weeks, um, thank you guys for bearing with us because we, we've tried to do our due diligence to have conversations, not just about the show, not just about the eliminations, but everything going on in the real world and the black lives matter movement and stuff like that. So thank you guys for being so encouraging. A lot of you guys have written in a lot of nice messages, a lot of emails, letting us know, um, that you appreciate it as much as we appreciate you, uh, you know, being a part of the conversation and embracing it. So thank you guys. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, patrons. All right, Scott. All right, buddy. Later. All right, guys, this ends your time here on Challenge Mania. Take care of yourselves, and hopefully we'll see you in the future.
With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details.